Hello, everybody, and welcome to Light of Loomis episode two. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yes, we're all doing good. Ready. Excellent. Yay. I'm Excellent. still anxious about that wizard. I talked about it all week, even to people that didn't even watch the episode. <laughs> For real? <laughs> I was like, hey, colleague, you want to talk about my D&D show you didn't watch? I need to tell you about this wizard. <laughs> That's so funny. I would never dream of doing that. That <laughs> work. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a bunch of, like, you know, game devs. That oh, okay. That most makes of them sense. like board games and video games, mm -hmm. so they can relate. And, like, mm -hmm. I can wield my nerd flag with pride <laughs> excellent that means you of all people are in excellent position to give us a recap on what happened last week oh my god mm -hmm. i'm mentally prepared for that let me take out my notes um... <laughs> we started well, in the bar yes. yes thank you good good intro yeah we started mm -hmm. the bar uh we had the stone okay i'm not reading notes i'll just i'll just wing it we had the mm -hmm. stone uh, we made way too much of a show about the stone because I got really excited about uh, communal prayer. <laughs> uh, and then people noticed that we had like a special stone thing. That's the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, should we go even more high level? Well, just get, let's just give me a quick, what is a yeah. Philosopher's Stone? Like a three sentence. Yeah, okay. It's a very powerful magic amplifier, which we need to save the world of the undead. We need to get to this temple mm -hmm. to be closest to the gods. Mm -hmm. to use the stone, create a ritual, which we have still yet to determine, but we have mm -hmm. some components. We need to get there. It's going to be extremely dangerous. Everyone wants the stone because it emanates radiant energy. It's within a box, but the box is not good enough. It has lead, but it will never be good enough. Mm -hmm. Everybody mm -hmm. sees it. Mm -hmm. A wizard showed up. Well, there was thieves, but they were easy to beat and it was fine. And then a wizard showed up asking to use our stone then promised us a bunch of cool things like helping us, money, all that jazz, did a circle of truth, we were their mind. She, she was, she slash Neil was really great at evading questions in a way that could make us think that she was a good person or a bad person. Uh, and then we were really indecisive about what to do. At first we said we'd sleep on it. We paused the episode there. We, we might just get out of the way before she comes back in the morning. All right. Is that a decent summary? That's good. Yeah. So our party is at the river crossing near the Tam River right there. Um, I think that is going off for all of you. And mm -hmm. when last we talked, you had said you were going to make your way through Confluence to Tharnam and then either to Keldram or Milfeldur on your way further east um, somehow to get to Heatstroke where the pyramid is. Uh, but before we can get onto those plans, we have to figure out what you were doing in the last night. Um, what are you going to do about waiting for this wizard to come back? What is the final decision? I think we're all getting ready to go to sleep, right? So, you know, we're, we've unpacked our bedrolls, we're warming up food. I think there's a slight unease about the intentions of this wizard because we've kind of decided that we're going to um, decline her offer. But based on some of the answers she gave, she's potentially a very violent person willing to kill to get what she wants. I mean, that's essentially, we read her mind and saw exactly that's how she got uh, the wand that she's looking to identify. So I think that probably sets the scene a little bit. We're all a little bit worried, maybe, maybe thinking that maybe we shouldn't stay here at night. Maybe we should leave now and get a bit more distance between us and her because 
she's got a horse and we don't well we've got a mule but you know it's not the same I did think about it a lot and my conclusion is that we need to think about her motivation in life which is clearly to acquire magical powers mm -hmm. uh, so in the short term she might have followed us but in the long term she would have wanted to keep the stone for herself so the question is when do, when will the confrontation really happen and can we avoid it well i mean <clears throat> Are we certain that she intends to attack us? I mean, I'm very suspicious of the fact that we, she turns up here with multiple mercenaries. At How far notice. of a day's walk would it be, Neil, from where we are to the dwarven cities? Ooh, let's see. Or like just my... to the mountains. Yeah, I got to get my measuring tool correct. Um, let's see. Tharnum, right? Yeah. 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 Mm, this tool's a little bit off, so we wanted to say something like this, maybe. So as a, a pretty good measurement, um, from Tar from the Tam River to Tharnum is like fifty miles. If you could just like fly like a bird, um. Added in some of the, you know, the twisty windiness, maybe 60 miles. And you can do about 20 miles in a day if you're booking it pretty fast. Um, I think some of you guys have some gear on you, so you're probably actually making more like 16 or 18 miles a day. So you're, what is that, like three days out? Mm, yeah. All right. Maybe so four days three out. days out, I don't think... Even with the night, I don't know if we'd have enough of a gap between us if she's got the horse. Yeah, we couldn't right. get to safety, but we could probably go off trail or take a least obvious path that's less comfortable for horse riders, like uh, between trees or water. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we're essentially we're weighing like sort of us being sneaky versus the safety of where we're at right now. I agree. Like, let's just consider. I'm not saying that we necessarily do this, but what if we try and get the jump on them? What if we lay some sort of ambush, attack them before they attack us? The advantages of this approach are, number one, we can still go on the safe path. <clears throat> number two, the gold and the magic that you promised us, we can claim some of that back. Number three, if these people intend to murder us in our sleep, if we won't give them what they want, then it's maybe what they deserve. Well, what, what it, happens it if we have like... four episodes planned and we only do two and then we all die? What? <laughs> no, that's, well, that's the just game, how then. the dice rolls. Yeah, that's how it rolls. Uh, however, uh, dear, dear brother, uh, with all due respect, <laughs> this feels like a lot of... I know we are fearful of her, but you're assuming that she's actually a bad person and we don't know that. We're, we're not certain she will attack us and kill us. It feels... Well... Not I so agree. holy to ambush an innocent. Um, it's in her nature to do it. She's already done it once. She murdered for this power before. What makes you think she won't do it again? She only met us yesterday. It seems that person with the wand, she knew for longer than that. Well, she could have attacked us yesterday as well. She still she thinks there's it. a chance that she won't have to. 
I would argue slightly differently from what you're saying, because you said it's in her nature, but we saw how coldly she was doing it. So it could be that, you know, somebody's asking her to do it. She's working for somebody. Mm. It could be, I mean, a, a bunch of different things. What I do agree with it, or what I might think is that even if we get the jump on her, she looked pretty powerful. I mean, she defeated a powerful wizard. I, I'm worried that if we, even if we jump her, do we end up victorious? The woods around these parts are dangerous. Maybe the path least traveled through the Harkenwood is more dangerous than fighting hair in a prepared situation. You could be right, though. Maybe it's too risky. I would yeah, I think to... our, oh, I think our best it. chance is just running. I would rather face a bear in the woods than a powerful wizard with an unidentified bears, staff. Bears can be deadly. What, what's the scariest uh, monster what? that might be around the Harkenwood? What a, we can take on a bear. What are you talking about, Cornelius? <laughs> <laughs> like in a past life. Um, there are a lot of scary things about today. Maybe 10 years ago, you would have had a pretty good idea of what would be the dangers of the Harkenwood, and there wouldn't be too many. Um, it's a pretty civilized area. There might just be like natural creatures, like a bear or something would be the most dangerous thing. But with the state of the world, after many wars and collapsing kingdoms and swaths of undead, um, it's kind of hard to tell. There could be undead anywhere, you know, yeah. especially in the, if this item is as powerful as you think it is, and if someone might be chasing after you, it's possible that there could be all sorts of undead coming your way. Um, there have been ogres and trolls and giants and sorts of things coming from the neighboring kingdom and invading. Most of those have already been dealt with, but some of them have been scattered and are now like loose amongst the woods. So there could be an ogre or a troll or a giant or something somewhere. Uh, unlikely, but but possible. Um, and the most dangerous game of all would be people. All right. Well, at least now we can make an informed decision about what we think is more risky. Uh, I'm willing to go with the group on whether we should like uh, run and try and evade them versus trying to attack them. I just wanted to throw it out there as mm -hmm. an option. Well, the, the other option is just to decline her offer and not attack her. I think that is asking for trouble. I'm not the worst of both worlds, personally. I think we're in uh, in between a rock and a hard place no matter what we do. That's seems Well, to we be definitely do have a rock with us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would tend yeah. to agree on that one. Yes, yes. We could. Mm hmm. The way I see it is simple. We have the guards here detain her. We make our way uh, in a roundabout way towards Tharnham. It's as simple as that. No need to overcomplicate. You would like to ask the guards to detain her? Do we have a way to influence in the, name the guards? Of the in the name of the holy gods, respect and honor. That's right. We hold some sway around here. I'm I would sure to agree. The guards should respect the holy gods that we serve uh, and agree that we are on a right, a righteous quest <laughs> and want to support it, of course. Yes, one more thing. I think it's likely that they have one of the mercenaries watching us right now. So if that mercenary should see us leaving, we'll need to tell the guards to definitely detain that person. That's very wise, Bertolt. That's a Perhaps... very smart point. You should go and speak to the guards now, as uh, if we wait till morning to speak with them, we'll have lost the opportunity to leave in the night. I okay. agree. Great. But you do make a good point. There might be a mercenary watching us that she left behind. Yeah, is it 
dark enough to not be able to see long distances at this point? Yes, it is well after the sun has gone down. The skies are lit by stars and the moon. Um, yeah, so you can't see very far. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, try to speak to as high ranking a guard as I can. Yeah, right now there's um, some uh, enlisted men on duty with an officer overseeing them. And you, as a cleric, would understand that your your power is what we would call soft power. You don't have any legal authority over those, these people. The amount of power you have over them is based on what they believe you have. And as a, a man of the cloth, as a, a holy person who's connected to the gods, um, your power comes from a little bit of flair and a little bit of, you know, working into what you think is important for them. So um, you have absolutely no legal authority to command them in any way, shape or form, but you can kind of finagle whatever you can finagle. So let's see it. What do you... Yes, I will, uh, I'll make sure to... I'll encourage everyone to come with because... Four clerics is four times the amount of authority <laughs> as one. I think that's fair enough, yeah. <clears throat> I agree. Okay. Um, excuse me, guard. We have a very important mission for you, if you would. Uh, is this to one of the... To whom are you speaking? Uh, the captain, I guess. The, yeah, right. Okay, the officer here, yes. Um, they'll take a look at you. See your, your amulets. Give you a bit of a nod. How may I be of service? Uh, as you may have noticed, a few moments ago, a band of blue uh, adorned mercenaries, along with one female wizard, came along and then left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are afraid that those people might be attempting to stop our very important mission, uh, which is to clear this land of the undead. Why would anyone wish to stop you of that mission? So I only tell you this because I trust you. Uh, we have a very powerful artifact that's uh, going to... that's very anti-undead. However, this wizard plans to use it for our own purposes. Uh, that's why through two... Um, through the use of compelling her to tell the truth, we have deduced that she is planning to take it from us, uh, which is where you come in. I believe she will attempt to hunt us down. Guard looks amongst the four of you. You have an artifact capable of stopping the undead, and someone you think politely walked away, and you think they're going to come and steal it in... from you? After gently leaving. Uh, yes, that would be because I don't believe she wanted to provoke us in this spot. Uh, I wave around and point out all uh, for you are all here. Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, uh, Father of Tempos, what? how do I play into this? Well, firstly, uh, they may have stationed one person to keep watch over us, so... If you see that person chase after us in the night, and we are leaving tonight because uh, we believe we are in that much danger, uh, please detain them. Um, if you see the entire group come back, which they will, it would be nice if you could disallow them, if you could detain them as well, uh, just for as many days as possible, a week if possible, if not a week, a few days. 
You're asking me to close the crossing for up to a week? For them. I'm sorry, I didn't get a good enough look at their face to know who it is that I would be detaining. Anyone with a blue cloak? That particular group of um, eight-ish men with blue tabards and a sorceress, a wizard. Blonde hair. Mm. Luscious blonde hair. That's true. <clears throat> Looks around but at not, the group Not clerks. that hot, though. <laughs> I was trying to abstain from judgment on that bit. I mean, we're not a, that good of a, look, a good looking group either. <laughs> Speak for yourself, you dirty humans. And um, am I to believe that these are four miscellaneous clerics with no clear connection between them, wielding an all powerful undead removing artifact? And you're not actually just a bunch of brigands who are trying to keep the law at bay? Do you have any proof of you being who you say you are? Do you have this powerful artifact you can show me? Can you prove any statements about your... Any facts about your statements? I didn't believe that uh, clerics need to prove who they were. I am... I hail from Stromheim, and of course it is my goal and life desire to see all the undead wiped from this land. Oh, that is exactly what an imposter would say. From a faraway town, wielding all-powerful artifact, dressed as a cleric. I mean, if you truly are a cleric of Tempos, it should be an easy thing to, to prove who you are. I've never met you. You could be lying. Oh, yes, you are right. Uh, allow me to prove it, I suppose. Uh, and I will <laughs> say the time. Say the time. <laughs> don't say the time. Don't say <laughs> it is exactly ten minutes to eleven. Pleasant tempos. Light up this area. I cast light. Um, I'll just. Does it float in the air? Uh, it will create just a field of light, um, as if Great. it were daylight. I will do that. <clears throat> Excellent. The area glows brightly with light, as if. Um... Uh, no, an equal to torchlight for 20 foot radius, so 40 foot diameter. Um, all around the camp, things spring to, mm. to vision. The guards immediately like, kind of whirl around, hands on weapons, ready, kind of nervous at first. Um, some of the nearby people who are getting ready to go to bed start rustling from their other things. The officer before you uh, puts a hand to the sword really quickly and then takes a couple of steps back. Looks about the rest of you. What, are you wearing any armor, Bertold? Yeah, chain. He recognizes that you're not a mage because you're casting in chain mail and uh, will bow his head politely to you. Thank you, Father of Tempos, for showing me who you are. May I see the artifact in question? Unfortunately, it's not much to look at. Hmm, yes. It looks like a normal rock, I'm afraid. Unless, only of course, you are a magic, greedy wizard. Only a magic user would detect it. Hmm. It will not but, visually emanate magic for non-magic users. But you can hmm. see the container leaded with silver and lined with lead. Um, an expensive farce, if it were not real. He looks to see where this container is. 
Who has it? Show them the container, I think. I reluctantly showed the container while holding onto it very, very tight. <laughs> Out of curiosity, where do you keep this all-powerful box? Like when you're walking around, is it under your arm? Or you question. Is it in your hands? You just like carelessly throw it in your backpack? What, where is this, you know, mm. world-changing rock? <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't always necessarily be at the same place like i feel in some <clears throat> moments i would definitely have to put it in my backpack because i mm -hmm. i cannot always have my hands full mm -hmm. but when i feel like I, I could see myself decided to carry it for some periods of times when it feels like you know we're we're safe mm -hmm. um, and somehow i feel better holding on to it physically mm -hmm. <laughs> and looking at it mm -hmm. uh, i think we should get you a fanny pack so it can just be that's a good idea yeah. <laughs> All right, but can for I, now can you... I can I carry it in the fanny pack? Well, then it wouldn't be in the box that's lined with silver and lead. Oh, put the box well, in the pack. Well, it's box is way really too big, big to fit in the fanny pack. <laughs> it's a really like... big fanny pack. You know, a box is like yay big. This is a. What if you have the box of the fanny pack? It's in them. It should be in your backpack. You're right. right. It should be at the bottom of your backpack. You should what go if... back to High Castle and have a fanny pack okay, box my, my made lined with lead then. and silver. What if I have, like, I have my regular backpack, but I carry it as a, like, frontal pouch? Oh, you, like, poose your backpack? Approach. Yeah, like, you know. You like the 20-year-old the like, yeah. traveler in yeah. <laughs> Southeast yeah. Asia? Yeah. yeah, like, I, my, you know, my, my cleric doesn't care so much about looks, obviously. Mm. Yep, that's fine. She's more yeah, about functionality, good. so she likes to know it's there. I wouldn't want somebody to like touch my back and just steal it. So I would rather have it in like a, you know, that like is a, a baby. <laughs> that is a a very visible way of showing people you have something to protect, but also a way to keep it safe. And that sort of thing you can totally do in town. But when you're traveling cross country, it's going to slow you down. So when you're like you know out in the wilds. Um, behind you will allow you to move a little bit faster, but when you're in a town or amongst people, you can carry Deal. in front of you and you'll move at the same speed. Deal. Yeah. So when with masses of people, mm -hmm. frontal pouch, mm -hmm. holding, mm -hmm. when in the open, backpack with Perfect. a teammate behind me at Perfect. all times. Love it. Absolutely. You produce this Deal. box, you open it, you show him it's silver and lead, and there's just a simple rock in it, and he shrugs. And uh, turns to the cleric of Tempos and says, I, I will do my best to mm, delay the crossings of any such people, but um, this crossing is open to all citizens of the land. Uh, I don't know how long I will be able to keep them without causing trouble for myself and my men. If um, things do get dire and you're forced to let them pass, perhaps you could uh, lie frozen. Tell them that we headed through the Thistle Forest towards Copper Hill. I can do that. Yes, they will certainly ask. Mm. He looks over towards his men. <clears throat> Times are tough. I may be a knight of honor. I can't always say the same for the men here. How many of us, how many men are in this camp? Um, there are the the total river guard is like 40 soldiers and three officers um but you know any given time only a third of them are active so right now you see like 12 soldiers and one officer um i will give one gold and 12 silver to this man 
mm-hmm. uh, reluctantly. I pick them out coin by coin from my pouch. Mm-hmm. And uh, as his hands open, I'll put them in there and I'll h- grasp his palm and look at him and say, and they say, dwarves are greedy. He looks at the one silver per guard and looks at you and looks back at the, you know, one, like the, you know, the small amount that you're offering as a bribe. I, I understand. And uh, waves you on. You can head down the river, um, down the slope, the little switchback to cross the river, up the other side. And once you are free and clear. Sorry, before we leave, I just want to do a good look around to make sure that like we don't see anyone in the bushes or something. I got an idea uh, for that. Uh, actually. Yeah, you know, there's no one. Can, it's dark. Mm-hmm. Can I see any birds in the light maybe that's coming from the camp? Any birds that might be able to see in the dark that I might no. be able to speak to? No, okay, never mind. No, it's nighttime. There's no birds around. We look around. If there are any uh, imposters, but if not, I guess we just head out. Okay. Off oh, the one party last goes. thing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Do we want to leave a note? <clears throat> no. Okay. How many guards are looking in like the direction we would be headed? Um, well, you're the only thing that's happening in the middle of the night, and you did just cast a light spell, so pretty much all the guards are watching you go down the the hill, um, and then it gets really dark down there at the bottom, so they can't really see you, and by the time you're heading back up the other side of the hill, you can see them, because that light spell is still in effect, um, but they oh, probably can't see you very well. Okay. okay. Well, then you can't see them except by the small amount of torchlight they have marking the, the entryway, um, and they probably can't see you on the other side. It's really dark. One of them would have to have like really good eyesight or maybe be like secretly an elf or something. Okay. It should be fine. Um, now that you've crossed the Tam River, what's your route? And actually... Yes, uh, oh, that oh. reminded me. Do, mm-hmm. do we know enough about this area to know how to cross the river to confluence usually? Yeah, there is just a, a bridge crossing right here. Just a very normal, you cross the river here, you go up, you cross the river there. Yeah, suppose we were to want to take the non-obvious route. Is there another crossing in Honey Rapids? Is there a, is Meadstead safe? Meadstead had some problems a while ago. You haven't heard much of it lately. It was like occupied by the armies of the undead, but then they like fell back and left the town alone. So it's there, it's in dire shape. There should be some sort of crossing. In theory, it's safe. Um, along the rest of this river, there might be the occasional fording spot, and you could follow the actual river looking for a place to ford, but that would slow you down um, considerably as opposed to just, like, beelining it for Meadstead because um, the river sort of winds, and you have to, like, constantly be inspecting every section of the river. But you could search. There's probably a ford spot somewhere along here. Probably. Uh, Confluence is like a relatively big town, right? Like we could reasonably not get found there. You know, if we get to Confluence by Depends morning. Depends on, on also, how far away our stone can be detected. To be fair, if we are in a town, sure. I do feel much safer because we can also alert anyone around us uh, that seems of good faith uh, to to help us. Okay. I do believe with the power of four clerics, we can rally troops and fellow believers uh, to support us in this grand quest. 
I think Confluence is the best bet. If we have to then head on from there through the Harkinwood, we'll want to resupply on rations, maybe pick up some things for the um, ceremony. We, you know, we could do with going to a town before going through the Harkinwood. I agree. I would feel safer within the town than out in the wild or even at this outpost. Okay. Sounds good. Is it to Confluence by the, the known bridge then? The fastest yeah. possible way to the next village? Next yeah, town? Top. Can we do that through the night? Will we get there by morning? Mm, probably not by morning. Um, you're a little bit slower to go at night because you can't see the way as well. And you're a little bit more tired. And even if you were to walk at normal speed all through the night, you still wouldn't get there before dawn. So you'll probably get there tomorrow mid-morning, early afternoon. But do we believe that... Uh... The lady with horses let's say she just you know booked it from the outpost to there when would she get there by horse you know it's going to be a close call it depends on when she leaves how long the guards are able to delay her mm -hmm. if she knows which way to go how good she and her guards are at horse riding because if they're kind of yeah. like crappy horse riders they probably won't mm -hmm. catch you how well fed their horse like there's a lot of variables um it could go either way. They could catch up to you. They could not catch up to you. Well, we've done our best. We've asked the guards to slow them down. We've given them false information. They may not even I catch agree. us, even if they got through at full speed. So I think our best bet is to head to Confluence and mm -hmm. with the guards on our side, we'll make it there before mm -hmm. the uh, enemy finds us. I agree. Um, you said, Neil, that it's dark. Would it help if we like have torches or it changes nothing it just means it's it's a little harder to move um in the the this sort of open area right here along the tam river torches probably won't make a difference once you hit the actual wooded area you really won't be able to go anywhere without light um, a forest at night is just like pitch black and you won't even be able to find your way i i have a light stone so i think once we get to the point where we need light i can use it mm. all right okay well, across the river we've gone, and up towards Confluence we go. And as our party travels in the night, it's time to ask the question of what ideas do we have for this ritual? In the past, we've talked about doing it at the right time of day. We've talked about mirrors. What other ideas do we have, now that it's been a week, for a ritual to make this, this great magic happen? We haven't really discussed it. Mm. Mm. I do have one additional idea. I'll, I'll throw it out there. I don't know with whom I discussed it. Uh, uh, we did say doing it at high noon, which makes sense. Uh, mm. But also, I believe that upon my birth, the gods have given me the answer. Uh, I was born at high noon on July 1st at the summer solstice. I believe we should do this ritual at high noon on July 1st of the summer solstice this year. Well, how long is there until July the 1st of the summer solstice? Approximately a month and a half. Mm -hmm. So that sounds doable right now. That maybe sounds like a good thing to aim for. Mm -hmm. But how would we know when it's exactly noon? I don't know. How would we know when it's exactly <laughs> noon? Tem God, uh, Cleric of Tempos, do you have an idea? Surely he hasn't got a spell that powerful. I don't, I don't think Neil would give him something that powerful. Wow, I believe this is my entire purpose to keep time for us. <laughs> now I know why I was chosen for this quest. 
Wonderful. Um, but obviously, as part of the spell, I think somehow we need to channel our powers of turn undead into the sun, and then the sun needs to reflect it back on us. I, I guess mm, that's what the mirrors yeah. would be for, right? So we'd cast turn undead on the mirrors, which have the sun glowing entirely mm. into them, while holding the philosopher's stone. Hmm. Hmm. We need to use the mirrors and some sort of crystal and like a lens or whatever to like focus a ray of light and somehow use the philosopher's stone with that. Yes, yeah, so at least we got some useful knowledge that we shouldn't direct anything towards the stone itself. We should. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe you're right. Be... Maybe us casting turn on dead whilst holding it is just the way to do it. Yes. Hmm. And the mirrors would be a way to symbolize that the sun should shine, turn undead on the entire land. Mm. Maybe instead of like having the water flow down the edge of the pyramid, since it like ruining fresh water kills the undead, maybe we should like have someone like drench us in fresh water as we cast the turn undead on the lightstone at high noon or something like that. Does anyone have the capacity to create water? I don't. Mm. Nope. Mm. Uh, I do. Mm. All right. Yes, I do. So it would be great if all four of us could cast a spell as part of this. So I'm thinking, like, maybe uh, Loomis casts oh, like light, Tempest casts cast no time, yeah. you cast oh, we each create cast water. a spell from our god. I like that. I oh. feel like and... that's, that's a correct... That's the correct way to go about it. I would agree. I it probably was, would go. You said um, Tempos was no time to do it at the right time. Malchus yes. was to create water. What was Falumbra going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I've got Speak with Dead. I'm wondering if we could maybe kill a high level undead and use it as like a proxy for casting the turn undead on. And I could like hmm. cast Speak with Dead and we can somehow like, you know, banish it in that moment, like speak to all undead through it mm. or something like that. Mm. Interesting. What does the cleric of Loomis have for this ritual? What spell could you use? I believe either continual light mm -hmm. uh, or sun scorch would be appropriate. What's uh, the because... difference between those? Well, Continual Light is a level 3 spell, so I'm inclined to say it's the better one for this situation. Uh, continual Light, um, do, 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 similar to a light spell, except um, it is as, as bright as a full daylight and lasts until mm. negated by magical darkness or dispel magic spells. So it just continually stays lit. Mm -hmm. And we know that through my research, continual light, uh, it, it takes time, but it will whittle down any undead, not just vampires. So I believe mm -hmm. if we could empower the sun to be stronger and more continual, we could get rid of more undead. Mm -hmm. um, what if the pyramid almost became like... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry? What is Sun Scorch? Uh, just to get a compare and contrast between your two options. Sun Scorch uh, creates a brilliant ray of scorching heat that slants down from the sky to strike one target of the caster's choice. So I could, in theory, strike on the amplifying stone. Mm. <laughs> um, the victim is entitled to a saving throw. 
Any creature struck by the ray sustains 1d6 points of damage. Uh, undead creatures and monsters vulnerable to bright light sustain 1d6 points of damage. Uh, tuck, tuck, tuck. The sun must be in the sky when sun scorch is cast. So basically, it does summon the sun from upwards to be cast on the ground mm -hmm. uh, and does hurt specifically undead. Mm. Um, so good options you've got there. Okay. Uh, what were you going to say, Nick, before? Um, I was going to say, like, make some sort of crystal with the lenses set up and then cast continual light on it. And it's almost like the light, the, the pyramid becomes like a lighthouse. That would power up the sun. Mm. That would then, like, you know, like, like burn all the undead that got caught in the radiance of the sun or whatever. Mm. But I think there's some good options. I do feel like I want to send energy up to the god of sun rather than mm. take energy from the god of sun. Mm. So I feel like casting continual light and sending it upwards through a network of mirrors is what we want to do. Mm. Yeah, okay. I wanted to question Helen as well. So the research that you did, is it to actually make it so that the sun itself shines its undead killing rays to the entire land? like all of the continent or are we trying to empower this pyramid to emanate no, no. the sun the sun itself yes, we are sun, trying yeah. to empower the sun to basically go into overcharge uh, and rather than just affect vampires affect all undead forever continually one oh. might say <laughs> nice and you've developed a spell to do this is that right Yes, I've developed continual light for this, <laughs> this particular purpose. The the ritual you guys are developing is the process by which you will be doing this. Okay. Yeah, there's not a set spell. There's a, a, a four of the brightest minds in our generation come together to, to figure out what that would look like. So for my part, the... Oh create water are we envisioning like just a giant flood i don't think it would be like a flood i'm almost thinking of it just like a representation of something that destroys undead hmm. you know, like running water in the right in the exact I, moments i do like your idea of an undead sacrifice i think it's good because it so from it gives us an excuse to like go and achieve something i find a high level undead and kill it and then take part of it as it's like a good Kind of points on the journey, if you know what I mean. Yeah, undead sacrifice. Each cleric casts a spell of their religion. Okay. Yeah. Combining our power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So none of us actually has turn undead. Oh, I think we all, all have do. turn undead. No, yeah. we all do. That is it. It's not in your spell list. It is oh. an ability that each of you have. Um, and there's like a table that will bring out that you roll on. And if you, when you use your power, you roll on the table. And if you roll, um, high enough, you can turn undead of, you know, varying levels. And the more high level you are, the more powerful undead you can turn. And then we roll a number of dice, uh, 2d6, and that's the number of undead. So if you roll like really well, you could turn 2d6, uh, things up to a certain point. Um, then if you roll really poorly, then your turn undead just like didn't work very well. Um, that's a bridge that we should cross mm -hmm. when we come to undead and we'll talk mm -hmm. about it more in detail there. 
I can reread the the exact plan that uh, my character made up in her backstory with Neil, <laughs> just for accuracy's sake. All right, so the idea is this. If you can find a deeply holy site and perform the right rituals with the right tools and with enough power, you could command Elimis, the sun god, to do your bidding, to change the rays of light to burn not just the vampires, but all undead. You could change the world forever so that undead could never roam the sunlit lands again, effectively stopping them from ever being an existential threat again. They could still exist at night underground or inside buildings, but they couldn't control towns, march across lands, and overwhelm the world, which they're currently doing. Mm -hmm. That's the plan. Okay. Excellent plan. Right. We are gonna. If our plan works, we're gonna have a very, very long walk from Tharnham to Milfaldor, from which we can discuss our ritual. So mm -hmm. I think for now we should focus on like getting to Confluence and uh, mm -hmm. not getting killed by this wizard. Yeah, not getting killed will be a big challenge. I, I do believe another one last thing about the ritual, but also useful for our journey. It might be useful to gather some followers, people who yeah. believe in our cause and want to support us for the journey. And I see agree. this holy moment to, you know, write it in the books and tell their children about. Well, that's interesting. I was thinking about bringing one of the guards from the crossing from Tamar, but I didn't know if we wanted extra people. We can grab some people at Confluence and at Tharnam. Yeah. Some people, ideally maybe some priests, not necessarily clerics, but uh, I believe some mm -hmm. holy priests would, would be amazing. Uh, we could even share, you know, scriptures and prayers with them. Mm -hmm. ah, what a wonderful thought. <laughs> well, off we go through the night along the Tam River. Um, the sun begins to rise many, many hours later. Looking quickly at your character sheets, I see that the dwarf is having to ride a donkey the whole way through. Um, and the cleric of Tempos is a little bit encumbered. So between the, the donkey having to carry the whole weight of the dwarf and everything, um, there'll have to be some frequent stops. <laughs> Saying nothing, sir. You're Barney is a strong donkey, please. thank you. Yeah. Um, as the sun begins to rise in the east, you can see the woods surrounding Confluence just a few miles away from where you are. Looking to your backside, you see no dust in the sky, no horses running towards you. It is just a, a wonderful, peaceful morning out in the wide open plains. You've been walking all day yesterday, well, half the day yesterday and all night. And everyone's getting a little bit tired. Would everybody please open up your character sheets, uh, go to the basic tab, and roll me a constitution check. I would like to specify that when the sun Oof, rises, I wish a good morning to my Lord Illumis. <laughs> uh, I always like to get up before <clears throat> the sun rises to wish uh, Illumis a great mm -hmm. day. Well, that's very nice. How, what does it look like when you, you thank the sun for rising? I like, so as soon as the sun starts to show, you know, like the tip of his rays, mm -hmm. I like to, ideally when I'm not in a rush, of course, mm -hmm. uh, bow down and stay in that position and kind of do slowly a salutation to the sun and very slowly rise as the sun rises. It's a very painful process to hold this. For so long. Uh, but, you know, that's the way, that's the way to, to recognize the glory of the sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. 
Um, can we get that? Helen, can we get a con check from you, please? And actually, uh, Mr. Dwarf, I want your, your donkey to make me a con check, not you. Ah, Because right. the donkey is the, the one donkeys calling your uh, Donkeys are pretty hardy creatures. I'd give them a 14. Okay. Oh, oh man no donkey <laughs> doesn't do no. too well you don't do too well it's a bit of a tough thing let's hide it okay yeah yeah the the party's having to lag to to keep the pace with the donkey maybe the forest is more than a few miles off maybe you can just barely see it in the distance as the the sun begins to rise and the sun rising track does not play for some reason it's these dumb roads made for humans they're not good for dwarven legs of course, we're going to be a bit slower. Bear through it. We have to make it to town. Bonnie, it's going to be okay, buddy. Um, in fact, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to collapse my donkey to death, Neil. If he can't go on any further, then I'll walk. Yeah, he gets stubborn. You you definitely end up having to walk yourself, uh, and that's really what's going to slow the party down. Because not only are you short-legged, but you're also encumbered. Um, in fact, I think your movement rate is what? No, no, I know. Well, the, do the donkey can hold my backpack. Okay. And I can walk without being encumbered, I think. <clears throat> or could one I mean, of us little... just help? Like, I feel yeah. like one of us must be not encumbered. I'm looking at my encumbrance right now to see. Where do you see? If somebody it? can hold my shield for me while we're walking, <laughs> or if the donkey can hold the shield, then I think I'm okay. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. I just put my backpack and my shield on the donkey and then... Oh, I can wait. carry some more. I, I can take uh, 13 pounds. Okay. Yeah, I think if you start passing off your axe to one person and your shield to another and sort of like move your gear around a little bit, you can move at movement speed six, which is half yeah. the normal movement right. speed for a human. Um, all right. Why don't we take our first break as the party's walking alongside the river on this lovely morning. Confluence is day. just over there. It's probably going to be like another six hours of walking. Hopefully you'll be there by noon if there's no problems. Oh, yeah. It'll be it'll be nice. Um, all right. I'll catch you all on the other side of our break. Bye bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the light of a Loomis. May it bless all of us, each and every one. Um, so it is well after sunrise by the time you hit the woods. No need to light a torch to walk through these plains, uh, through these forests at all. Uh, the trail that has led you from the crossing to this bridge has been clear and easy, and you haven't seen a living soul, or a dead soul for that matter, along it the entire time. It's just been one easy, gentle walk um, all night, and in the morning, except for, you know, the dwarf who is huffing and puffing and tired. And if we do come to a combat situation, Nick, with that, uh, you know, that two and that one, I think you're going to be at some combat penalties for fatigue. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to say or do before you enter the woods? I'll do something. Um, I'll share with the group my intention in case they think one idea is better than the other. I have two ideas, so we'll pick between the two. But I do have this spell, uh, Locate Object, which I've carefully chosen. Uh, it lasts for eight hours, and I believe we will be sleeping within the next eight hours, hopefully, if everything goes well. Uh, so I have two choices. I feel like I could, uh, just to be extremely safe, locate our amplifier, or 
locate the ring that we've seen on the hand of this wizard. Mm. Um, it is not a crazy great range, but it might still give us a little hint that she's coming. What's Especially the range on your spell? In the city. Pretty disappointing. Mm. <laughs> mm. Let me tell you. Um, locate objects, 60 yards per ten, plus 10 per level. Mm. It's yeah, fairly disappointing. Shit. But eight days, oh. eight hours, it's pretty good. Mm. So mm -hmm. the ring option won't work because she's not close enough. I mean, it, it's not that interesting outside because I feel like we've, we'd hear her horses. <clears throat> However, when we get to a city, I think it, it is quite useful. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and out of sheer paranoia, I feel like I would feel better with it on me <laughs> in case they're being sneaky. We could uh, prevent an ambush. Mm -hmm. mm. Another option, last option, is uh, locate animals. We know they're coming on horses. I could, for a very short time, locate any horses approaching. Are you talking about the spells that you'll get after you sleep? No, I have them right now. Oh, you have both. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling them just in case you think they could come in on handy. Or locate bear. If, if we're really that afraid of bears specifically, <laughs> I could I could I could scout for bears for us. <laughs> I feel like there's no real reason not to use the horses one. Oh, uh, it's a very short duration. Oh. Yeah. However, the locate object is eight hours. So I feel like I should cast it right now on either her ring or the stone. In case somebody ends up taking it at some point. I think this time the stone makes sense. Because we may, we may not even be near her in the next eight hours. Yeah, I think you should cast it just before you go to sleep. Oh, I can cast it right now. <clears throat> you want We're to way cast ahead of them right now. Yeah. Okay. I'll okay. cast it uh, closer to the city then. Okay. Um, <clears throat> as our party begins to enter the woods just south of the Confluence Bridge, um, we will see a body. Actually, a small collection of bodies. It is um, what looks to be a, a family. There's a an adult woman and an adult man and two young girls. And they all are hacked to small little bits. You know, those two little girls are fairly near each other. Um, the the presumed mother is right on top of them, and the presumed father is a little bit away from them. Clearly, recently killed. Um, there's no. There's absolutely no way that any of them are alive. Well, you haven't gone to inspect the bodies yet. I th I think if there's any chance that any of them might live. Mm -hmm. I would run up. I'd run up there. I, mm -hmm. you know, already huffing and panting. I'll drop my axe on the floor, let go of the reins of the donkey, and like haul ass to this thing and like collapse on my knees in front of them and like make check if any of them are alive. Give me oh. your very best strength check as you try to push your already weakened body to the limit. Twenty nine. Uh, you manage the last sprint up to the bodies and they are cold to the touch. I, uh, like, place their hands in a little cross over their chests and we'll just say, like, a silent prayer to Falumbra for their souls. The dwarf is very intent on these bodies and not at all looking around at anything near him. Yeah. What is the rest of the party doing? When when you say hacked to bits, do you mean as in they were killed by human weapons? Mm-hmm, yeah. Or, okay. 
Yeah, it looks like weapons. You know, there's like a chunk in the arm that looks like an axe or a sword or something. You know, one of them has like a, an arrow sticking out of the neck in addition to other like... It doesn't look like they were shredded by claws. But, you know, as you get a little bit closer, some of them are, are pretty mangled. Like, it's possible that maybe an animal fed on them after the fact or... Or maybe there was an animal with the attackers that ripped some of them to shred with teeth. Um, but there's like most certainly tools here. Are they dressed in any particular way? Um, they look like they're wearing their traveling clothes. They got wool cloaks, leather boots. Um, they've got some bags that have been left right next to them. Um, yeah. Do they seem placed voluntarily or just like they seem like they died and like that. No, it, it looks like this is the position in which they died. You, it looks like the the mother's trying to shield her children, and then, you know, something came through her back because her like her belly is towards the the two little girls who are underneath her. What's that yeah. perception I, check? I, I look around just to make sure that we aren't about to get attacked ourselves. I mean, there's a lot of hiding places in the woods. But you definitely don't see anything. There's no one like, there's nobody <clears throat> in eyesight. If someone is around, they have taken care to hide themselves in a tree or in a bush or something like that. You feel pretty does confident there's like no meal. The, uh, does it look like the people have been like stolen from? Like any jewelry that might have has been taken. Maybe there's the mark of a ring or something on someone's finger, or maybe their pockets are empty, like inside out. Jewelry still there. Coin purses are still there. Backpacks are still there and unopened. I stand back up from the bodies after saying this little prayer and I turn back to the group and say they've not been stolen from it's not bandits goblins kobolds I look around where's my don't, axe don't those creatures also loot don't they attack for that's what I was thinking things yes, this is very strange <clears throat> um, maybe roaming undead with weapons do undeads use weapons, Neil? They can. Do we smell death? Like the the sort of rotten, or old, mm. dead body smell of the undead versus the sort of irony fresh. Mm. Somebody's just been butchered here. Hmm. Let me take a look at your character sheet here, Kerberos. Um. Healing. I would know the difference between, like, uh, you know, rotten flesh. Yeah. And... Well, it's out in the open. So if there were some undead here, they were here far enough in the past that you wouldn't notice their smell. It's not apparent. You can make me a perception check if you want to, like, try and, like, lick yeah. the ground trying to find. Oh, no, I'm not going to lick the ground. I'm not doing any of that. Well, yeah. I don't know how you would find. Yeah, um, okay. Fair enough. Undead, but there, there any... doesn't seem to be any undead presence on the face of it. And the corpses aren't like bloated and puffy. They're just so it must be fairly recent, you know, not too long ago. I have one question. How do undead become undead? That's what I was gonna ask. Okay, yeah. Ooh. There are three ways for undead to be created. Um the first way is a necromancer raises them from the dead very straightforward uh the second way 
is the gods could curse you and force you to live in undeath for some terrible thing that you've done. This is usually reserved for like pretty powerful people who have done really terrible things. They're usually turned into like death knights or revenants or specters or some sort of like very powerful undead creature. Um, and the third way is for a person with a like strong force of will to have unfinished business. Maybe they die in like a, a horrible way and they need to get revenge on someone and so their spirit lingers here. Um, or maybe they, um, th there's gotta be some sort of like deep and strong emotional tie to the world that allows them not to find their final resting place. Um, those are, those also bring us into the different types of undead. You've got sort of free undead, which are like, you know, if I, if, um, I die in a tragic house fire, I might be a free-willed undead that like haunts the grounds of that house, um, you know, haunting it for all eternity because, uh, you know, deeply tragic house fire or something like that. Um, then there's the like controlled undead that like um, someone would raise them and control them and can move them around. And is there a third type of... Um... Yes, and then there's the, the mindless. Well, restless, raised, cursed, mindless, bound, free. That's about it. There's also, technically, there's a fourth way of being undead. Like, a, a vampire can create other vampires, but that's, like, you know, the exception rather than okay. the rule. But it's it's not like, you know, contagious disease spreading, like, oh, I'm mm -mm. an undead, I touch you, you're right, an undead, right. and we're no. all, okay. No concern. If you get bitten by a zombie, you've been, you're not okay. going to become a zombie. Definitely okay, not. Okay, okay, cool. Just just making sure that's not the thing, because that scene was very like, oh, yeah, they were eaten by zombies, and they're about to wake up. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the only thing that makes sense for, like, an undead plague would be Necromancer, because the other ones seem to be, like, one-off yeah. undead. Yeah, creation. definitely. Yeah. And the gods generally don't like mm -hmm. undead. They they will very rarely create them as a way of making someone suffer for betraying them. Uh, but... By and large, undead are like the abominations and the gods would prefer you destroy them. Even the, the chaos gods, I'll even just the throw chaos, it out there. Yeah, even the god of chaos is like, dude, this is this is not the right sort of chaos, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Usually. So yeah. we're, in the, we're in the woods near these bodies. I look into the yeah. trees. Yeah, there must be a raven or a crow or some sort of bird looking to, you know, pilfer these bodies. Certainly. Yeah, so you see a small flock of crows, um, and you do see well above um, a vulture beginning to circle. I will uh, lock eyes with the flock of crows and take a couple of steps towards them, and will cast Speak with Animals with mm. on one specific crow that I think is paying me some attention as I walk towards them. This spell empowers the priest to comprehend and commune with any warm or cold-blooded normal or giant animal that is not mindless. The priest is able to ask questions and receive answers from the creature, although the friendliness and cooperation are no by means assured. Furthermore, terseness and evasiveness are likely and basically wary and cunning creatures. The more stupid ones may make inane comments. The animal is friendly. They may do you some favor. Maybe not. Okay. Um, this does not imbue animals with great intelligence. If you asked a crow mm -hmm. to do mathematics, it couldn't do mathematics. They're not bright. I know birds are kind of smart. Okay, but they're, they're crows, are, crows are pretty smart, though. That's dumb, yeah. but obviously they can't do maths. I'm not saying that. Yeah. They are relatively smart. Yeah, but they're also sort of dumb animals, and you'll still need to be careful with your <clears> questioning. <throat> um, 
but they they will speak to you now, or it will speak to you now. Um, I will withdraw a silver coin from my bag, um, just marking down the ones that I gave before, mm-hmm. and sort of hold up and say, "This is for you if you can help me." And I'll like throw one onto the grass. I've got another where that came from. And the crowbar cock its head to the side a couple of times and go shiny. Um, of course, only the person casting Speak with Animals can hear this. Everyone else just hears, caw, caw. These woods, are they infected with the undead? Did walking dead men kill these people? Hmm. Does a bird understand the concept of walking undead? <clears throat> um, it'll hop down to the grass and just hop over to the the coin and begin to like try and feel it around with its beak. I'm sort of ignoring your question for the time being. I let it get acquainted with its shinies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, it'll grab the coin and fly back up to the mm. branch it was on uh, and place it on the branch. And a couple of the other crows will come over and you know one crow on one side of the branch, one crow on the other side of the coin, and they kind of look at it together and peck at it a little bit. Um, I take another one. Mm-hmm. And this time hold it in my hand up at these crows like this. Walking dead men. Are they in this forest? Dead? Oh. Lots of dead. Walking. Alive. Killing. Biting. Alive, not dead. Alive, not dead. <laughs> Come on. Crows are quite smart. They, they don't stand. They know what... <laughs> They know the difference between alive and dead. I don't think the crow understands the concept of undead creatures. That might be a little bit beyond the crow's <clears throat> regular okay, conversational I try, abilities. I try. I try a different talk. Ah, yes. I point to the corpses. How did they die? Mm, I don't know. Wasn't here. Didn't see. <laughs> I go with this. Ask. Motioning to the other crows. <laughs> crows there must known? have been one crow that was around. Yeah, there has to have been at least one. Crows have been known to hold, you know, either funerals or like post-mortem detective meetings of other similar crows um, around friend crow corpses. Um, they they are fairly clever creatures. They are. Uh, the crow they will recognize turn to individuals the as well. Sorry. They can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they will turn to the others and talk for a little bit. Um, you know, ah, 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 ah. and the whole flock <laughs> will like start crowing and, and cheering at each other. Um, and then the one that you're talking to like glides down on its wings and lands at your feet. Mm. And then like seven other ones glide down and land at your feet. And they all start like uh. hopping towards you. Ah, ah. And the one of them <laughs> says, shiny, shiny, give shiny, give shiny. Over and over again. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't got any copper. I only silver, which is unfortunate. I didn't shiny. think I was going to be needing it. <laughs> I will. I throw another seven silver begrudgingly on the ground. Ah, the crows <laughs> scatter and they all go after the different silver coins. Let's see if the one that you're talking to gets. No, the one you're talking to is outwitted or outsped by the others. And he turns back to you and goes, shiny coin, shiny coin. <laughs> I, give, I give it another one. <laughs> I mutter under my breath, these fucking greedy crows, humans. <laughs> Can't let the one just keep his own coin. Uh, <clears throat> things that kill, go away. They go up road. 
and it like kind of takes the coin in the hands and gives you a and uh, flies it. Pr into prone. Did he say prone? That's what I heard. Go, they go no, prone. go up road. Oh, go up prone. road. Okay. I let him take the coin. Up road. <laughs> I turn the around and say, uh, flies. despite his unusual accent, I believe he said that uh, whatever killed these people traveled up the road. Didn't seem to know the existence of any undead, so perhaps we should just keep traveling mm. to the city. It, uh, is our path up road as well, or is it a different way? Yeah, the trail just goes towards Confluence and towards High hmm. Castle. There, You would well, know that there's a fork right before the bridge to Confluence where a path goes off towards Meadstead, um, but that those that that fork before the bridge is still in the woods. I guess we can still keep walking, but know that somebody ahead of us might be dangerous. Should keep an eye out. Yeah. Before I mean, we do that, if no one's going to do it, Neil, I will loot the body. <laughs> oh, chaotic. So, so disrespectful. Yep. He said um, that the valuables were untouched. We need valuables. This is this is for a greater cause. How do I feel about that, Neil, as a cleric of you is that like? Tell me how you feel about that. Well, I, um, my my instinct is that that's not okay, but maybe like is it a similar thing where like people buried with their things out in the afterlife, right? That's the yep. But they're not buried currently. They're uh... yep. Um, as he goes you to the bodies, them then, though, right? You bless them. A I bless them, but they're not buried. <laughs> I say, um... yep. sorry, Cornelius. You should watch your fingers. You should spend your time digging a grave for these people, not pilfering their belongings. They'll need them in the afterlife. Might be all they have. Neil, what do, what do I believe about the afterlife? Like, do I also believe that's true or? Yeah, but like, you can't spend it on anything, right? There's not like a store in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um... Yeah, I mean, if you want to dig the grave, you can you can dig it. But uh, my my sights are set on a, a greater cause right now. And if these people can help us with, you know, what they clearly don't need, I don't Listen, think we should. Cornelius, you're a strapping young lad. Look, look at I the size of those arms. Like, look how tall you are. I on my last legs here. I need to sleep soon. I can't be digging no graves, but you with those big strong arms, those long legs, you could do it. Put your talents to good use, son. If I may, uh, I appreciate the value of your arguments and the righteousness of both your stances. I, I feel like we don't have the time to unfortunately bury the dead. Uh, if we want to be there by a month and a half, every corpse we meet and we start burying them, uh, it might be a lot of energy and time. Uh, These people but... are only recently dead. Their souls still waft in the air. If we bury them now, we might grant them some comfort in their afterlife. Avoid I, a life lost. I believe we could give them a good prayer and <laughs> let them bathe in this holy sunlight of Illumis. Illumis will, Illumis will watch over them. <laughs> I'm a little bit what, Would I believe that or would I, is that not believable at all, Neil? I mean, you can make any, whatever you want to say, you can make work. Everyone's got their own interpretation of the gods. I, 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 in a different time, I would want to believe bury every dead we meet. 
Uh, in this case, I'm just worried that not succeeding in our mission will lead to a lot more deads that will hmm. not be buried. Well, I look around the group. If that's your view, I look to Bertolt. Do you agree with them? I was going to speak up myself, uh, and I commend Helen on her practicalness. That is what is necessary in these times. Uh, in fact, why don't we walk and talk, so to say? Uh, we can do our prayers on the go. Please, friends, I understand, I, I understand your point, table. Would, would you give me 20 minutes to gather some no, stones? No, no. <laughs> so, Neil, I was, I was not swayed in my looting. Yep. Uh... yep. Um, my question for you then, Cornelius, is obviously you're taking the bags of coins clearly um yes what about like jewelry like would you would you take a wedding ring that's made out of gold how much would that be worth a um, couple of gold coins yeah sure yeah okay <laughs> so then obviously you take like you know some earrings or a necklace too right or a bracelet yeah, sure. you're, you're gonna take Any... a wedding ring okay uh, yeah what about the bags? Are they worth going through? Maybe there's something good in there? Yeah, I'll go through like under five minutes. Just very quick rifle. Just like, you know, chuck the stuff out. Let it sit on the side of the road. You know, get, go through the stuff real quick. Like, sure. Um, yeah. Rolling for the valuables in the bags. There's not much. You can find some trail rations. There's a bag of wine in there somewhere. Um, the, the only thing, aside from, like, food and traveling supplies that would be worth anything is there's a, a small little music box. Um, it, these things are hard to make. They're very rare. They're hard to sell because you know, you'd have to find someone who specifically wants to buy a music box. But when you pop it open, like, some gears turn and some, like, ding, 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 little song plays on repeat as long as you crank it. Um, it is a, a very, very uncommon thing. I, I would even call it a rare item to find. Um, if you found the right person, you could probably sell it for 100 gold, maybe. Um, but pretty much anybody else would, wouldn't know what to do with it and wouldn't give you shit for it. Yeah, we'll take that. Okay. Um, so you can add to your bag five gold coins, um, 60 silver coins... Let's just call it uh, jewelry. Just write it somewhere on your character sheet. Okay. Um, and the we'll, we'll deal with the sell value when we get there. And then a music okay. box. Cool. As Cornelius is packing all this stuff, I turn to Bertolt and I say, it seems Tempos has time to wait for this man to pilfer the belongings of the dead, but not for me to say <laughs> prayers. I, I thought we should have been doing prayers while he does that. To be honest, like I, I think I would have, like I would have felt really bad that he's looting the body. I would ask him to do it away from the corpses at least, well, uh, if he can. There's no point and, saying our prayers while he. I mean, has I'm his fingers how fast in their Cornelius goes. I was expecting like a fast loot. Yeah, very quick, crap. very quick. I think he did all this while you were having your mo your morality conversation, just like yeah. wedding ring here, coins there. I, I, yeah, we're like I arguing out to Cornelius. <laughs> Look, he's done already. Let's go. Uh, I, I I do agree. Like I agree. Let, let's go. But I, I I would like to agree that this isn't best practice. I feel yes. a certain of course. Shame. You feel, you feel, you feel morally outraged, Helen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's continue to move. I'll, I'll <laughs> leave a note that asks people to bury them <laughs> we will make sure to let the guards and confluence know 
ah, that's a, that is a solution that does. Ah, now we may all sleep soundly. Our yes. duty is done. Yes. <laughs> all right. That will help. You make your way through the woods at the bottom of Confluence. Um, and soon you see this fork in the road. It goes to the right up towards Meadstead, or it goes straight and across the bridge towards Confluence. You can't quite see the bridge from the fork yet. Um, what's our route? To Confluence? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. We head down the road for a little bit. And you see the bridge coming up in view. And you see some people on the bridge, but they're not really moving. And then you get a little bit closer, and as you're looking at these people being like, it's weird, they're just standing on the bridge, you realize that they're they're really just standing there. As you get like a little bit closer, you begin to feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And you're pretty certain you're looking at some zombies on the bridge. And as you get a little bit closer, still like, is, are those zombies still thinking to yourself? Um, it becomes evident that they are when one of them like slightly churns and you can see his jaw is like hanging down slightly off of its, uh, you know, only attached on one side. And gazing in front of them, you can see that there are some like piles of skeleton bones on the ground. It looks like there has been a fight here for the security of the bridge and some skeletons have been destroyed and some zombies have been injured in the process. And now there stand five zombies and one skeleton upon the bridge. Um, the party's not quite this close, but this is, you know, I, got, I wanted to put you on the map so you'd have your character sheets. Um, yeah. So do we also see like human carnage if they I mean whoever they've been fighting with? Yeah, as you get a little bit closer, um, you can gaze across and you can see like someone's cloak is sort of still up on a bush that it's been caught on. Um, maybe this person's like right over here so you can see that their cloak's like uh, stacked on a bush a little bit. Can we yeah, see the houses still from here? No, the town is still, you know, twisting through the woods a little bit um, and around a bend. You, if you, if there were no trees in the way, you could see the smoke rising from the town, like that from the chimneys of the town, um, like the normal daytime smoke of a town. Um, but it's just far enough through the woods that it can't be seen from here. Okay. Well, I shout out, undead. We, we have to go see if this town is okay. The way we were going anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't expect yeah. it to be full of undead, though. Mm-hmm. We're tired. Perhaps, perhaps we could sleep and att- attempt this in the morning. Maybe I could sneak us past them. But if we must fight, we should fight there on the bridge. There could still be people alive in this town. Let's <clears> go. <throat> Is there a way around? No, we'd have to cross the river. Like We should try and choke them on the bridge, our two best fighters, if we can sprint up there before they can react. I do believe we must. I, I believe we should cross that bridge and try to get to the city in order to rest uh, more safely. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. I I'm open to other opinions, however. <laughs> yeah. Sounds um, good to me. I'll not at the rest of the group. Like, I'm ready to go. If you guys are ready to go. Okay. Okay. And I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll go in front. Prepare your best 
anti-undead spellcasting. Let's let's practice for this grand uh, <laughs> ritual. <laughs> this is a great time to talk about the turn undead ability. Okay. Um, each cleric, I'm just gonna read a little blurb here. One important and potentially life-saving combat ability available to priests and paladins is the ability to turn undead. This is a special power granted by the character's deity. Though the priest and pal... Uh, no, no, no. Da, 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 da. Through the priest or paladin, the deity manifests a portion of its powerful uh, of its power, terrifying evil undead creatures or blasting them right out of existence. However, since this power must be channeled through a mortal vessel, success is not always assured. When encountering undead, a priest or paladin can attempt to turn the creatures. Only one attempt can be made per character per encounter, but several different characters may make attempts at the same time with results determined individually. Turning and attempting to turn counts as an action requiring a round and occurring on the character's turn in initiative order. Um, thus, the undead may get a chance to act before the character gets to turn them. The mere presence of the character is not enough. A touch of drama from the character is important. Speech and gestures are also important. So the character must have his hands free to be in a position to speak or and be in a position to speak. However, turning is not like spellcasting and it is not interrupted if you take damage during your turn. Um, blah 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 then there is a table upon which we would roll um, you are all fifth level so if you roll um, we would reference that five column and then depending on what it is how high you roll you would turn different things uh, you are all automatically turning skeletons unless you roll a natural one um, and you automatically turn zombies unless you roll a natural one. And then from there, you've got like a four and 20 chance of turning ghouls, seven and 20 chance of turning shadows, so forth and so on. The number of undead you would turn are 2d6. And then what it means to turn them depends. If they are free willed undead, they just flee from you. If they are controlled by some other person, they will like move to a safe distance and continue to watch you. Um, and that is what we do so without further ado um i suppose our party why don't you position yourselves on the map before we roll for initiative Someone so there was no like they just turn into dust option that um <laughs> uh starting at sixth level the skeletons would be in instantly destroyed and at seventh level zombies would be destroyed and so forth and so on uh yeah um so my plan is to kind of run to the front of the bridge and create a bottleneck mm -hmm. uh, so the rest of them can cast freely. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So you're going to run up to the front and right. hold the line. I can't move him yet until we roll initiative, though, right? Or right, yeah. But just give me like a, a general... Um, since you're like, all walking together, is it like who was in front of the party is kind of what yeah. I'm wanting to know when you're walking. Me. me yeah. yeah. Okay, you walk in the front. And then this I'd is a fine middle. formation. I, I don't right, I'll bring up the, the rear. back. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Uh, well then, everybody, why don't we roll some initiative? What initiative do I add for turn undead? Uh, three. So you can just roll a one d ten and add three manually, and um, I'll add your characters to the initiative order. You can cast turn undead and move in the same turn, right? Um, yeah, but you have to move slowly while you cast it. So you could move a little bit, but not a lot of it. It's just uh, a is, is, this, 
does this count as a little bit like how yeah yeah know, that, if you wanted to cast turn point. undead and walk up to walk up to there you could yes um but you wouldn't have <laughs> be able to have your shield and your axe out you could have your shield but you'd have to put your your axe or your hammer away whatever it is okay. yeah that's fine okay For a sec, I thought Nick was still casting speak with animals. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, Nick? <laughs> uh, I think Maybe. I'm also... I'm, I'm going to follow the... I'll try to t- turn them down. I'm just going to... I don't know where the turn undead initiative is. So uh, just... There's not one. You just roll a d10 and add three, so slash r1 d10 plus three. Right, Cornelius. Um, where are you, my buddy? Oh, this is Melchus for some reason. Alright, so Cornelius has a 10. Kerberos has 11. You have an 8. Berthold, what did you roll for initiative? 8. 8. There it is. Excellent. Alrighty. Um, as you begin your process, you're not quite all the way up there yet, my friend. Um, before you can get up there, one of these piles of skeleton bones in the back stands up. Um, and in its arms, in its hands, are a bow. And it will notch an arrow oh. that it has at its side. And it will take a shot in the direction of, um, oh, look, look, this cleric is right in the line of sight. It'll take a shot at the, um, the sun cleric. Oh. Uh, that is actually a oh, ranged a attack, not a melee attack. It is a nine. It'll shoot and sail right over yeah. you. Um, the next creature to go is similarly on the other side of the river, standing up bow in hand taking a shot uh with a 1d20 to hit is a 16 against um our line of sight comes to you who's this uh, you're muted but it's you nick 16 hit. <laughs> 16 is my ac yeah uh it'll get you for 1d4 points of damage with its bow Um, on your side of the river this skeleton will rise but instead of picking up the bow that is next to it it will pick up a uh, a (coughs) small axe and it'll come forward and smack at Cornelius with a natural 18 to hit you just barely hitting into your body for three points of damage and last but not least before the cleric of Illumis goes this other skeleton on the right side will rise on up also grabbing a a melee weapon this one's a broken short sword and coming over here to attack Cornelius as well with a 1d 20 to hit it's a 13 not good enough to hit Cornelius Um, cleric of Illumis it is your turn I would like for the first time ever in my life to cast her and then dead please 
Excellent. It's wild. It's taken me so many years to get to this point. My God. So turn undead requires a little bit of flair, a little bit of, you know, mm-hmm. channeling your God, a little bit of, what does it sound like? How do you turn undead? What are the words? What are the gestures? Ooh. Hmm. I, I, I look directly into the sun. <laughs> I stare at the undead and then I stare at the sun. And when I, I look back down, I literally see nothing because I'm still blinded by the sun. But somehow, somehow, when my vision comes back to me, <laughs> they're gone. They're destroyed. Mm. Roll me a 1d20 for the strength of your turning. The higher, the better. So just d20. Yeah, don't roll a 1. Six. Six. That is good enough to affect skeletons and zombies and ghouls. And roll me 2d6 for the number that you turn. Now is the time to roll high. That's good. Excellent. Ooh. Average, Ra- literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, radiating out from you in bright lines of light. Um, the power of Illumis shines. And this creature and this creature and um, two more. Well, Four more will be affected. I'm going to mark them with dots. Um, They don't get to move until their next turn. um, So they are still here. Okay. I will continue marking them while Berthold takes his turn. Great. Um, How far can I step up since I want to affect as many as possible, I guess? Turn on dead does not. Um, it'll affect anything in line of sight. Effective, yeah. So you don't have to move at all. Okay. Well, how far can I move? Since my goal would also be to block the bridge. Um. Yeah, you could easily get to the river. Any bank that you want. Okay. I'll just stand in front of this bridge here then. Excellent. Uh, I stare the undead in front of me, uh, and I raise both of my arms, and. I shout, unnatural beings, you are. This is not the correct path for you. And I wave a really broad gesture with my arms. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a walking around or pushing past. What was the, um, the route you took to get there? Because this guy right here, Cornelius, is engaged on both sides by skeletons. Ah. All right, you know. I guess I took this path then. Okay, you walked around. Coolio. Well, they're turned, right? Does that affect, like, can they do attacks of opportunity as turned? Um, in theory, depending on the circumstances, but I think he's got room when he goes around to get past. Um, they haven't had a, an opportunity to flee, so they could still probably make their attacks of opportunity. Roll me the d20 for the success of your turn on dead. Don't roll a one. Uh, but do roll as high as possible. Excellent. And roll me a 2d6 for the number. Uh 10 is fucking awesome. Oh, damn. That is a good turning. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten. With a 10, you can turn up to five hit die undead. And what is our guy in the middle? This skeleton right here is not a basic skeleton. This is a blood knight. This is oh. a six hit die undead. So you can Wait, turn- Wait, he, he got a 14 then, you'll not tell. I'm sorry, a 14. 
will turn up to ghasts, but not six hit die undead, unfortunately. Very right. close. Uh, 15 is what you were looking for to turn that middle guy. Everything else, though, um, even, you will see shortly that there are more skeletons going to rise from these corpse piles, but they are turned. Um, in fact, the very next one to rise is right over here. Um, actually, this one goes away. And this one... Uh, immediately, upon rising from the ground, like, scampers off. Just, ah, fucks off in that direction. Um, Cornelius, <laughs> it's your turn. You can see some more skeletons rising on the opposite side of the embankment, but they look yes. like they are also already affected by the turn undead. Okay, so I guess my question is, if I walked through these two mm -hmm. skeletons, am I incurring two attacks of opportunity here? There's only one way to find out. Yeah, okay. Well, what do you think? Um, do you think they would? Do you think they're too afraid? Uh, I'm just going to try it. So here's what I want to ask you what I can do. Okay, so I, I want to move up to the bridge like this. Mm -hmm. So as I do that, and I'm walking over this skeleton corpse, can mm -hmm. I just, like, kick the skull as I as I walk to the bridge? Is it just like, part of my yeah. move? Yeah. Okay. Um, if it's a monster, skull. it's not going to count as an attack, but you could kick it enough to see if this skull is like attached to the rest of the bones or not. Yeah, I just kind of like as I'm walking through, I don't want to like make mm -hmm. it my action. I want to turn mm -hmm. undead as my action, but as I'm walking over it, I just want to like casually kick the skull mm -hmm. away as far. Yeah. Uh, this one over here will give, make an opportunity attack against you. This one will not. Um, okay. So it makes a, a slashing attack. Uh, does no damage to you. You kick this one's head. It just rolls across the area. It seems like it's a genuine destroyed skeleton already. Um, and you're free to go. Okay. Um, I want to cast Turn Undead. Alrighty. So just uh, roll a me a d20. Yeah, Ooh, nice. Fucking sweet. Uh, there's only one creature left to be turned, and a 17 is a success on this. This Blood Knight will also be turned. Oh, my God. What are nice. the the words you use to turn these undead? Um, what? Be gone, foul demons and beasts. Mm -hmm. It seems to be working here. Um, on the other side of the map, skeletons begin to flee. Kerberos, it's your turn. Great. Um, you interrupted my spell, but it was a two-round casting spell, so I barely even started it. So I play it cool. Mm. Um, mm, and all nice. the undead are running, so you know I would make an attack. I can still make an attack. I definitely didn't waste my turn. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, make an attack against the already fleeing undead oh I, I don't even need to but i know but i could if i wanted to so i don't need oh, okay. to. okay so that's yeah, so yeah, nice yeah. of you to yeah, yeah. So more I skeletons up I, I have a question though like mm -hmm. let, let's see like now i'm assuming they're all gonna run away but mm -hmm. are they will still be plaguing the late the lands yeah uh yeah all you're doing is making them run from you you're not accident actually killing them I'm not like getting rid of the undead problem. No, like they will still just, make people you, miserable. Yeah. yeah, they're just gonna run away from you, and then once they're out of line of sight from you, then they're just free to do whatever they want. Um, and sure enough, the blood knight will go first, but the zombies block his way. But very soon, um, all of the undead before you turn and flee. When this one flees, it will provoke an attack of opportunity from all three of you over here. 
Um, actually, those sure. people have your weapons. What we should have done is done like a fucking sheepdog situation, right? Where we make a semicircle around the river. Okay? <laughs> then we wait. We like sort of let them call in. We all we hold for three rounds, and then we all cast turn on dead, and then like turn this the semicircle to like drive them into the into the, the water. river and like have them all die. That oh, that would have so been cool. a great thing. Instead, now all you've done is push the zombies and skeleton and blood knight directly towards the town that you're headed into. Crap. And they it's all, right. all the flee there. across well, the river. Well, I mean, us. well, my plan was actually while they were fleeing to hunt them down and kill them too. Hmm. Well, the skeletons so are I'm not going to let them get away that far. The zombies you can chase down. They're super slow. The skeletons, on the other hand, um, are, are really quick, nimble creatures, surprisingly uh, faster than a human. Well, let, let's try to yeah. hunt down the zombies then. Yeah. yeah. I'm so tired. At like, least we'll I, have I, I them struggle. some good. <laughs> I struggle to, to chase anyone down. It's true. The dwarf won't be able to catch even the zombies okay. at this point in time. Um, but the rest <laughs> of you can catch them. Now, one thing you do know is um, da, 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 da. if unable to escape, they circle at a distance no closer than 10 feet to the character, provided he continues to maintain his turning and no further die rolls are needed. So to keep turning them, you keep sort of like chanting and, you know, imbuing the land with the, the power of <laughs> your gone. deity. Yeah. Uh, you know, the power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you <laughs> over and over. Um, if the character forces the free-willed undead to come closer than 10 feet by pressing them into a corner, for example, the turning is broken and the undead attack normally. Um, so if you catch up to a zombie and get yourself closer than 10 feet, you will break the turning attempt and they will be just be able to turn around and, and maul you. Although if you have oh, missile okay. weapons or ranged spells... Anyone? No. Nope. Well, what are you going to do then, Cleric of Tempos? Are you going to turn the zombies back in on you? You know they're strong. You know zombies are super strong, unnaturally strong creatures. You described uh, how Turn Undead works, so as long as I keep channeling it, mm -hmm. they're not going to come back at us? Correct. As long as you keep channeling, they will leave you in peace. Or ever? I mean, like, for the day? They will, they will leave line of sight, and as long as you continue to channel, they will not return. Um, but also, once they're out of line of sight, the undead are really stupid. They probably couldn't find you, even if they wanted to. At least these ones are. Some of them are very bright, but these ones are dumb. Okay, I try to get a good look at that Blood Knight as he was fleeing, too. Mm -hmm. What was the deal of this thing? Yeah, well, you know in this area that there are many different variants of skeletons. Um, there's your basic skeleton, your skeleton warrior, which is slightly smarter um, and slightly more capable fighter, and the blood knight, which is a, a pretty advanced skeleton. It has fairly simple intelligence. It's got like 15 strength. It's about six hit die. It has like 13 AC, plus five to hit um, with a, its claw, plus six to hit with a weapon, and does like D10 plus two damage with its weapon or D6 damage with its claw. So they're pretty strong. Um, they could rip a person to shreds pretty fast, like an unarmored normal civilian. A blood knight could make its way through a, a small village, probably. The rest of these skeletons could be pretty easily wrecked. Um, you also know skeletons are weak to bludgeoning damage. Did you have any other questions about them? 
Oh, that was it. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, well, I keep chanting and I really say, we must make our way to town and see if it's still I, I believe we should make our way to town, but I wonder if we shouldn't somehow go around the zombies and make it go back towards here somehow so that they don't come to town with us. Mm. I don't feel like sending the zombies to the town is a good outcome when we oh, want to go peacefully be... sleep in town. <laughs> That's fine. We will be going in front of the zombies so they won't be following us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if we're able to actually bring them back to the bridge, this actually sounds like a good outcome for us because it creates another barrier for the wizard to pass. Mm. Skeletons are, will outpace you for surezies. The zombies... The dwarf won't be able to catch up to them. He's too yeah. exhausted. What are? How are you guys going to... Corral I would them? like to herd them without breaking the 10 mm -hmm. feet distance thing back to the bridge. Mm. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing you see. I'm the only one who hasn't cast a turn on dead. So I'm the bait here in this situation, right? Like we can sort of, they'll reflect off everyone else, but they'll move towards me. So I can just kind mm. of not move too much and hope that if as long as I sit by the river, like they'll all come towards me, but then as long as they all get in range fast enough, they won't be allowed to attack me. They'll have to move past me, and maybe that's how I can help by sitting on my ass. So, if everybody's on board, we will attempt to herd the undead zombies back onto the bridge. All right. <laughs> but with us having crossed the bridge. Okay. So, move yourselves across the bridge. Everyone, um, the zombies, they're further off the map, but we're not going to bother making a new map for this. Um, and they're kind of moving in a pack. So, Kerberos, where are you yeah. going? How Are you going to stay Neil, listen, on the bridge? I'm, I'm too tired to make this work. Like, mm -hmm. Kerberos is too tired. Mm -hmm. So he sits here. And the plan is that he hopes that the three of them are smart enough to be able to make this so that, like... Once the undead get close enough to him, that they are close enough that they don't have time to like stop and eat me, right? Mm, mm -hmm. But once I think the moment is right, I will like limp off to the left here and have them like drive them onto the bridge. But mm, essentially, mm -hmm. I'm just chill. All right, and the rest of you will will scatter around and with your combined clerical powers herd the the zombies back towards the bridge. This is a highly feasible plan. You have to maintain your turning, so speech is limited. Um, we so need we give each two other out of three looks. of you to pass a charisma <laughs> check. Two out of three have to pass charisma checks to okay. to succeed in the herding. All right. And then um, Kerberos will deal with you in a minute. All right. Yeah. We'll test the power <clears throat> of our looks today. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if you even need to be in danger for this Kerberos, but that's... That's a fail. Uh, like 24 is a fair? No, no, the two, two passes and one failure is all okay. we needed here. Sure enough, the zombies get corralled right back towards uh, Cerberus, who is so very tired. What are you going to do, <laughs> Cerberus? As I, might, I mean, I, I get to my feet and hoist my shield and axe, like, as they approach. Arms outstretched, jaw. I see the party. I is the plan happening? Are they encircling? Yes, the encircling, the undead are moving back in your direction. Okay, I've been resting, okay. My energy, I've got a little bit, a little bit of energy that I've recovered in the last 15 minutes as this has been happening. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like a fucking athlete, I will spring into action at the last moment here and leap to the left, running around this. And hopefully, uh, Helen can come down to the south and sort of cut them off to make sure they can't follow me and drive them across the bridge. Sure enough, the zombies will skedaddle onto the bridge <sighs> and push themselves down and across to the other side. Um, crossing the bridge and fleeing into the beyond back where they came from back where you came from actually oh god and they're gonna eat the corpses <laughs> that's fine that's right? not fine uh, I feel a certain level of guilt already <laughs> I well. cannot go on any further the guilt How? isn't it it's weighing on you too <laughs> <laughs> it's both the guilt and the weight of my armor and my shield Barney, please, I say How as I lead on the donkey. How close are we to, um, like, seeing the town? And... Uh, it's not that far. It's like a couple more miles. Oh, miles. I thought it's it was just, like right there. It's like, you know, maybe two miles. It's just like just around the corner and then down the hill and then over through the bend and, you know, past the meadow. So close. So close. <laughs> can, can somebody help me get on Barney? I say. Someone Barney. can hoist him. Yeah, I'll, I'll help pick him up. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I've not been riding on him for a little while now, so I feel like. You both failed your cotton checks. You're both exhausted, right? I, uh, I know. But I, I feel like at this point, Kerberos cannot literally walk. So. How much does he weigh? I sleep on the body. You can't carry me. <laughs> I'm hefty. All right. I weigh like 156 pounds. Before his Plus armor. my gear. Yeah, yeah, it's like 200 pounds. We're looking at. You know, I go at movement speed one. All right. It's a slow plod to town. But it's not uh, too terribly far. Let me get some dice rolls in here. Oh, excellent. Oh, the town does very well with the skeletons that come their way. Town guard rolled a, an 18, a 19, and a 16 on their defensiveness nice. of the town. So they do great. By the time you come into Crownhold, uh, not Crownhold, I'm sorry, Confluence, um, the skeletons have been dealt with. Someone is even already, you know, they've got a pit out front in which they toss the bones of the undead. Someone is over there tossing in like tinder and some wood, and they're like getting ready to set the, the skeletal bones on fire. Um, one of the town guard gives the the beleaguered party a wave as you come on in and uh, hurries you to within the makeshift walls of Confluence. Now, on this map, Confluence doesn't look like a walled town, but in reality, people have built a pretty primitive, like, you know, lean-to-style fence around the town that they're constantly reinforcing with, like, mismatched bits of wood or wicker or whatever they can get their hands on to try and, like, you know, at least slow down the stupid undead who can kind of be stopped by a basic fence like this. Um, and into town we go. Nice, finally. Great. We make it. Yeah. We did it! I was had a sinking feeling that we were going to get here and everyone was going to be dead, so I'm glad that... No. <laughs> yeah, that's why right. actually a town. No, yeah. the town's totally intact and fine, and they've dealt with the undead that you chased in their direction, seemingly. Um, the town guard will welcome you in. Oh! Even the uh, the skeleton knight or what? The the blood knight? knight. I mean, yeah, yeah you knight. yeah you think he's gone? The people are still here. Maybe the blood knight fucked off. You you don't really know. Um, right. That one maybe maybe it escaped. Uh, who knows? 
but they welcome you into confluence. Um, and the first person to see one of these guards out front will hail you as uh, traveling clerics. Please get within the walls. Uh, the forest these days is plagued with undead. We thought they had gone, but starting yesterday, they returned. Quickly, inside. Mm. Yes, thank you. We've traveled night and day to get here. Well, by the gods, take a rest. Confluence is as safe as any place these days, perhaps safer than most. Very good. We appreciate it. Mm. We'll look for a place to stay. Or Did actually, you I'll happen have to, to have a us. church in Confluence? We have many a church, temple, and shrine. Then oh, church. Church. I need a tavern. <laughs> we have taverns and inns as well. Uh, if you head down this street, you'll be able to find the um, uh, the Ranger Day Tavern. Very good. I intend to worship the Holy Chalice, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I do, fellow uh, fellow traveler. <laughs> yeah. That's all. And yield music shop could you direct me <laughs> music shop um there is a bard in town if that's what you mean mm. yes 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 uh, I, I think you'll find them at the ranger day great so we're headed sure Seems like all roads leads to ranger day wonderful mm-hmm. hmm. all right our party can head into confluence tired uh, not out of spells, but out of energy, needing to give a whole rest for probably the rest of the day and the rest the next night, if the dwarf is going to be of any use to you. In this town, you can gather information, you can see if there's any supplies you need, um, you can take a load off, and uh, when we come back from our next break, we will sort out that next chapter of our quest. See you guys on the other right. side of a break. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Light of Illumis. Our party is resting in confluence. You come up to the town called Ranger Day, and uh, you can see that the sign outside is, like, painted over from something else. It's like a brand new sign. Someone must have either built a new sign or, or changed the name of this bar in very recent days. It's practically still wet. As you uh, walk in, take a seat, get something to drink. The dwarf practically falls asleep at the table mm. um, as everyone begins to settle in and take a look Wait. about. Can I uh, can I put Barney here? Do they have like a stable or whatever? Yes, they do. Fantastic. All right. I have something to eat. I have a few pints and then I'm going to sleep. Wonderful. You'll crash out pretty fast here. Yeah. Um, everybody else... It's been a long day and a long night and a long previous day. You're all pretty tired, but you're, you know, it's only a little afternoon. What are you going to do? Uh, I have no plans. I plan to just basically accompany Sister Helen on whatever she needs to do. Splendid. I'd like to head to, like, the biggest temple mm, of the mm-hmm. city. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, let me find my notes on this area. Aradon. <laughs> Splendid. 
Um, yes, you can find that the largest temple is currently in the process of being rebuilt. It looks like what stood here once before burned down or was destroyed somehow, and everyone is hard at work rebuilding it. Uh, large timbers lay all about as laborers um, hack them into you know appropriate pieces to line them up and uh, pound them together. There's someone over here who has brought in some glass from afar, um, and they are currently unloading glass out of a dwarven cart. Standing next to the cart is um, some sort of dwarf that the three of you here have never seen before. Dwarves are famous for their hair. We always talk about dwarven men because none of the other races can even remotely get beards good enough to a dwarven man's beard. But similarly, dwarven women's hair is like thick and bulky and it, you know it's really long and it's curly and it's voluminous um and the woman here the dwarven woman here who's like standing next to the cart um discussing with what looks to be maybe a priest or a monk of some kind has like the most ridiculous hairstyle you've ever seen it sort of comes sideways triangular off the top of her head and forms these like diamond patterns where you've got these like thick locks that separate and then tie in a knot and then come down to create like a cascading pattern of diamonds that comes out to her shoulders and then like straight down, almost like a cloak. And at first you're like, this is impossible. There's no way your hair could actually go out to the side. There's gotta be some sort of like internal mechanism or or like bolts or or wires in there that hold it to keep that distance. And by the time you begin to sort of maybe figure out what's going on, you realize that she's staring at you and that you're staring at her a little bit surprised. There's beads that run across it and the beads that are on the, um, the top of the diamond are very different than the beads that are on the bottom of the diamonds. Um, it's a, it's a hell of a thing going on here. Um, and that's that's the intro to the temple. You've attracted some attention. I I, I give her a little uh, nod as well as the cleric or priest that mm-hmm. she was talking to, uh, and I I start by telling her, uh, my oh my, your hair is magnificent. What an impressive uh, hair you have. I don't know how you assembled it this way. It's very skillful. Very I'm married, you know, she says. Oh, if you're oh gonna I'm be sorry. With me, you better know it's not going to work out for you. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It was just a genuine compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I was actually trying to uh, go and see uh, the temples over here and s- see where I can uh, pray with fellow priests uh, and maybe, you know, exchange some information about the state of the world. She uh, but this jerks her a... thumb at the priest that she was talking to who looks at you and goes, oh, Hello, I'm the abbot of this temple. May I be of assistance to you? Sort of steps ah. in the way of the dwarf. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Sister Helen. Uh, I'm accompanied by uh, Brother Berthold and Brother Cornelius. No, I'm still at uh, the bar. Oh, just Brother Berthold. I guess I'll uh, just do a little nod. Cleric of Tempos. Uh, we are also joined by two other clerics who are resting. Um, we are on a holy quest, believe it or not, that brought us together. Uh, and I would like to seek your advice and assistance. Of course. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us 20 minutes to sort out our business and uh, I'll be happy to aid you. 
and he looks around for a place for you to sit, but like the whole place is under construction. So he like motions to the, you know, the, the street outside. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll wait for him there. Yeah. Uh, Twenty minutes later, he comes on out, um, hat in hand. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Did you say? Uh, what did you say? Your name was Sister of Loomis. Sister Helen. Sister Helen. Pleasure to meet what, you. What is your name? Uh, my name is Brother Kel. Brother Kel. Okay, interesting. I've known some, uh, some Kells in my time. Hmm. Um, you said yes. you're on a, a holy quest. Yes, we are on a holy quest. We believe to have found a way to um, diminish the undead issue that has been plaguing our lands. Um, and... I can give you more information if needs be, of course. Uh, we're trying to make our way to the holiest of holies. Uh, I'm sure you know where I'm talking uh, about already. That place uh, is um, <laughs> locked behind burning sands and filled with demons. Yes, yes, I know. But it, it is the place that we can best commune with the gods, of course. Um, and uh, in you order will certainly be able to commune from the lands beyond once you reach them. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were wondering if there's any way you could give us assistance in accelerating our path there. Maybe with uh, if it, we could have some maybe horses lent to us so that we can get to Tarnham faster. Or maybe if you have any other ideas well, to accelerate if you're or... wishing to see your untimely end, the Grand Canal is but a few miles that way. You could throw yourself off the cliffs. Mm, you must have a little more faith in, in us and the gods. I have all the faith in the world. But Heatstroke is, is locked behind miles of burning sands, occupied by a, a bronze dragon overrun with demons, completely destroyed, uh, the site of great and many battles. I think it's pure suicide to venture there. I also think it's suicide to let the world stay the way it currently is. Mm. The undead has been growing in power and growing in force. You cannot let them stay like this. I'd rather mm. do something than wait for my demise. Join us here. Help us build our walls, arm our soldiers. We could use a, a good cleric or two to hold off the hordes as they reach the town. Just... I'm uh, thinking to myself in the meantime, is a bronze dragon a good or a bad dragon? They fall into the good category, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're, like, gonna be your friends. Like, a bronze dragon might still be a terrifying, dangerous creature who doesn't want you in its territory, but it's not, like, intentionally murderous. It might okay. just, you know. I'll chime in and uh, say, you've heard of a bronze dragon in a heatstroke. Uh, how how does it co-mingle with the undead? Um, haven't the foggiest. I just know that the... The sands outside of Heatstroke, um, Hourglass, are given their name because the dragon uses its magnificent heat breath weapon to turn sand dunes to glass and um, reflect the sun's rays off of it, basking in the warmth created by them. And then as it walks around, its massive weight crushes the glass into a thousand shards, um, making the, the desert itself a, a treacherous place to set foot in. 
I feel a certain kinship with this dragon. <laughs> Basking in the sun, appreciating its cleansing effects. Oh, this is better news than I thought. Maybe the dragon will be on our side. We have to be optimistic. I would like to think the dragon will also serve a purpose in a ritual. Hmm. Well? So is there really nothing that you could spare to help us get to Tarnham faster? To Tharnham? That's nowhere near Heatstroke. Or Meadstead. <laughs> well, um, I can show you the direction of the road, but I don't know what sort of help you want from me. Horses. Ah. We could leave them there for you to get back. I know it's inconvenient, uh, but it would greatly help us on our quest, and I'm sure the gods would thank you one way or another. Um, hmm. Hmm. The, you know the, what they say, the... helping a fellow cleric will give you uh, <clears throat> help Purges your soul of sin, yes, yes. yes, uh, yes, um, yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the church itself does not have any horses in its um you know uh, that we own, but I know some folks in town who are always looking to hell lend a, a helping hand. Some lawful good citizens of confluence, um, and perhaps you could convince them of your your needs. Uh, oh, is it to Thornham or Meadstead you're heading? We were thinking of trying out Tharnham because uh, we heard there's a strong dwarven population there and one of our clerics uh, The woman I was speaking to earlier hails from Tharnham. She's just brought their um, shipments of stained glass in for our temple here. Uh, if it's Tharnham to which you would like to go, perhaps you could catch a ride with them. They, they travel <gasps> by ox cart up the oh, Dwarfgate River. That is a wonderful idea. Oh, I bet our own dwarven cleric would be so excited to catch up with her. Um, that That is wonderful news. Thank you so much for this insight. My pleasure. Um, I will... Uh, I mean, we don't have to roleplay all of it, but if, if that's okay, Neil, I would say that mm -hmm. uh, the next day when he wakes up, if she's not gone, or I, I give her a heads up that we'd like mm -hmm. to talk to her before she leaves, and we could... Yeah, you can go speak to her. More. She's still yeah. inside. Um, she's not leaving for yeah. a couple of days, so... Okay. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll catch up with her with the with, with when the full party's back sure. together. Back to the tavern we go. Uh, meanwhile, at the tavern, the cleric of Malchus is left to his own devices. Yes. Uh, okay. I want to do a couple of things. The first thing I want to do is in the bar. Um, can I spy the bard? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, he's right there. So I want to order a drink, sit at a table. I want to pull out the music box and open it and play it with an earshot of him, mm -hmm. but not like directly like, a, you know, I'm offering it to him or anything, but right. just like play it and and see if he takes notice. Yeah. Well, the, the bard is currently performing on stage. He's introducing himself as Lottie P and um, Lottie, he's, P. Okay. Lottie P. That's his name. And he's doing a great old setup there. It's a, you know, part song, part like comedy uh, stand up bit back and forth. And uh, after his set is over and he goes to get a drink, 
he takes note of the little music box that you've got going and is absolutely interested in it. And he'll come walk on over and put out a hand, look you square in the eye and say, why, Cleric of Malchus, if it's not your favorite follower, I'm Lottie P. It's so nice to meet you. Lottie P, that was a, a heck of a show. Oh, Hilarious and entertaining at the same time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what's that uh, the little toy you've got there? Uh, it's not really a toy, my friend. This is a an heirloom music box. Hmm. He looks at it as you wind it and it plays a little song and a little figure spins around. That's uh, quite the thing. I've never seen an automaton that makes music before. Did you have to go all the way to the island of the Namish Nation of Mighty Engineers to find it? Uh, no, no, I just, uh, acquired it in my travels, you could say. <laughs> I've acquired a couple of things in my travels, too, and uh, yes, I'm reminded yes, of yes. them every time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> <sighs> well, this one is, uh, not so permanent. It, it can stay with me or it can leave, you know, depending. Hmm. That's so, uh... um... You seem quite interested, quite taken with it. Well, I'm a man of music. I've not heard this tune before, and uh, something that plays on its own. I mean, there's only a way to amplify it. Set. What am I kidding? I'm a bard. I've got thaumaturgy. I can make that sound three times as loud. But I could make a whole little bit out of that. You probably could. Well, you're you're welcome to the tune, and I'll start like packing it up, mm -hmm. packing up the box sort of like uh, in trying to entice him a little bit but like acting like I'm just gonna leave mm-hmm I thought you said I was welcome to the tune please please stay your hand there no Wouldn't I you? mean the the tune I imagine a bard such as yourself that's in your head but you're not so, welcome to the box well uh, see but the box allows for me to um play music uh, it allows me to have an accompanying actor who won't let me down, who won't be hungover, who won't get in my way, who will go to the same places that I want to go, who I don't have to argue with, who I don't have to pay any extra, who doesn't need to be fed, who's not going to get in the way of my social life, let's call it, um, and who will never argue over with me over who has rights to music. And I understand. Musical yes, I mean, you could, is valuable. You could bring this on stage with you and make quite a... Uh quite a pretty penny i could part with it um, you, well, you got a you price did. in mind well you did make a killing at the show tonight um <laughs> i mean i, I made I a could... killing for these hard times but merely I handfuls could... of copper sir i could i could part with it for say 100 gold Ugh! Would I have a hundred gold? I would stop performing. I'd settle down. I'd have a hundred children of my own. Hundred golds, indeed. Um, let's start with something more reasonable, like like thirty. That's a, a far more reasonable fee. I, that's an amount of money I could foreseeably part with and um, re require in a short period of time. Let's meet in the middle at say fifty. It'll, you'll earn more than that. Well, I uh, am headed time? to Confl uh, to High Castle. 
And then, hopefully, if I can persuade one of those barbarous mysterians across the sea to Crownhold, where I hear the king is made of gold. Hmm. Fifty will do, he says, and he puts out his hand. Okay, I shake it. Excellent. Um, he will walk over to his bag, um, drag it over, pull out a couple of things, uh, lay out some coins, count out 50 for you, um, take the little music box, and uh, look at you once more and go, uh, before the deal is made permanent and all, for all times. You're not... This isn't a trick, is it? I, I see you're a cleric of Malchus. Friend of the bard everywhere, but also... Well, we're not leaving for a couple days. So if you find this to be a trick, you come find me in a couple days and um, we'll trade back. Pats you on the back. Out of a cleric. Uh, I will also pray to Malchus this very night and probably tomorrow. Perfect. Um, probably. <laughs> all right. I, I might have gotten more. I don't know. But anyway, um, so the second thing I want to do is mm-hmm. find the town square. Mm-hmm. Yep, find it. Big old I square. I want to cast um, Enthrall on the largest group of people that I can. Yeah. Now, this is like, this is like, just everybody listens to me, right? This isn't a hostile spell, the way I'm reading this, right? Uh... Let me... So, you, the priest can enthrall an audience that can fully understand his language. Those in the area of effect, 90-foot radius, it's pretty big. Um, make a saving throw, or they give the caster their undivided attention, totally ignoring their surroundings. Um, blah, 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 blah. To cast it, you must speak without interruption for a full minute. The enchantment lasts for as long as you continue to speak, up to a maximum of one hour. They'll, uh, the people who are affected take no action. Um, and then for another one to three minutes afterwards while they talk about what they heard um, those who enter it are affected as well so you you know whoever comes to see the thing uh, will be affected by the spell if there is those not enthralled are 50% likely to turn and hoot and jeer in unison if there is excessive jeering the rest are likely to roll a new saving throw blah 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 speech ends if the priest is attacked or performs any other action than speaking if the audience attacks is attacked we don't really care uh yeah sure okay great so i want to cast enthrall on the largest group of people uh in the town square and i want to spend a full hour um extolling the virtues of not only Malchus, but all of the other gods and our quest mm-hmm. um, in an mm-hmm. attempt to recruit followers, donors, um, anybody who may aid or follow us on our quest. Right. Well, um, why don't you roll me? Let's see. Uh, 2d 50 for the number of people who start in the town square when we begin this process 29 all right so it's kind of a small group of folks out here when you first begin and you start talking about malchus and the other gods and this quest what sort of details do you give out um i want to speak in broad terms about the plague of the undead Mm, um focusing mm -hmm. on the scourge of the land and that uh you know we're all afflicted by this and if we don't all rise up 
together and do something, which me and my party of four uh, plan on doing. If we don't do something, we'll, then we'll all end up dying. So I, I don't want to talk about like how we're going to accomplish our right, goal, but more right. so like this is the goal we're trying to accomplish. And mm-hmm. you know, if we all band together, then then we should. Uh, yeah. Well, judging by the the average saving throw of the people here, um, like all but two people will be enthralled and listening. And of those two people. Uh, one of them is like, boo, he's a cleric of Malchus. You can't trust him, boo. And the other person is kind of like listening, but like not that interested and, and wanders off on their own. Okay. Um, okay. So while you're giving this speech, which goes on for about an hour here, uh, mm. walking down the street are going to be our heroes, Helen and Berthold who are going to come on in and see this, this speech that you're giving in the middle of town. And what do the two of you do when you find this guy up on a soapbox, you know, talking about getting rid of the undead and needing the support of the people, and the faith in the gods? You know, Sister Helen, I've always meant to ask you this question. Why did you extend a handout to a cleric of Malchus? Hmm, that's an excellent question. Well, you know, I I believe that every god has has its place, uh, of course, and that they can all collaborate to do greater things. I believe no god is supporting, supportive of the undead. Um, from chaos, sometimes tends opportunity. I believe he could see something we wouldn't. Uh, maybe his ways are unusual, borderline disrespectful. Let's be honest. Uh, but who's to say? Uh, how we'll succeed in our quest. Uh, I, be- I believe he will be a good ally. Uh, he could betray us, but <laughs> I-, I do believe that. I-, I would like to believe that he and the gods will play in our favor and see the benefits of cleansing the lands of the undead. Just uh, so let, I know. Let the regular chaos uh, continue its course uninterrupted. Just so I know, Sister Helen, for mm-hmm. this ritual, is it absolutely essential that we have four clerics? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, probably better with more than less. Um, okay, just wanted to know. <laughs> Thanks. Roll me another d50 to see why? how many people come in uh, while you're why talking. You... Okay. Why do I just this... want to make sure that, you know, how much we couldn't afford to lose anybody but it seems like we could afford to if it were for the greater good. You are I catch very... these two in my enthrallment? <laughs> yeah, you're a very practical uh, cleric, uh, my, my dear Bertha. I have only one goal, Sister Helen, we'll and that is save. to make you succeed at your ritual. Well, uh, that, is, that is very reassuring. I very much appreciate your support. Helen and Berthold, as you are walking into the square, uh, please each yeah. of you roll me a saving throw versus spell from your character sheet, just that little <laughs> pink button, to see if you are uh, enthralled by Cornelius's speech. I love that. So Sweet. it's a save versus spell. It's on the combat tab of your character sheet. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Berthold is absolutely enthralled. Walks in, <laughs> looks up. Helen walks in, look up. They, they exchange a glance for a moment. And, like, he's making sense. God, is he making sense. What part do they come in on, Ryuzilla? 
what what is the the moment that they walk into the the conversation um they walk in um they just walk in on me talking about cleansing the land of of uh undead mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense that's totally what you're vibing on i could see why you'd be enthralled sure enough the, the crowd gathers a little bit more. I think we end up with like 46 people near the end, plus these two clerics. And once and the, we're cheering, the... we're like super into it. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, praise, blessed be. <laughs> ah, undead. Dead. If, do I see them in the crowd? Absolutely. 100%. I, I'll wave them both up to like where I'm at. <laughs> they have uh, little choice but to come and join you up on the, the soapbox you found. Great. So I'll sort of like put my arms around them and say like, you know, these these two are part of my party mm -hmm. of four and introduce them to the mm -hmm. to the crowd. And Yeah, well, sure enough, when the thing ends and people spend a couple of rounds talking about it, do you have something to collect donations? How do you how do you solicit um, assistance in, in currency form? Um. Yeah, I'll pass something around. I'm just going to look at my gear real quick and see what I have. I mean, can I, is my shield hollowed out? I don't know. It's kind of dipped on the, you yeah. know, it's slightly curved. Mm -hmm. Use my shield. Excellent. Um, in they toss. And with the shield, you know, it's metal and wood. And so the, the coins make a satisfying clatter sound as they pop in. Uh, you will get this much silver. Hmm. 43 silver is kind of crap. I guess it's kind of a broke town. You will get uh, this much gold. 12 gold is kind of crap. It's a pretty We're poor so town. Lucky. And um, this much copper. All right, it's a shit town. No one's got any money. They've done their absolute best, and it is entirely below average rolls the whole way down the line. Like, okay. really, really broke. Um but what you about will find like people yes you will find two right, three enterprising youngsters um one two uh, it is two boys and a girl all you know in that like 17 18 19 range who have been searching for purpose in life who have been looking for meaning they're orphans their parents were killed by the undead in meadstead and they've made their way to confluence to try and sort things out and they've just been like living on the streets living rough trying to like catch birds and snakes with their hands and this this is something they could get behind this is something that could help shape their lives this is a holy quest. A holy quest That's to get rid right. of the undead who killed their parents. And they are in. They are so sold on this. Cool. Um, well, I guess after the speech ends, I'll talk to those few and sort of let them know that we'll be in town for a couple days. And if they want to leave with us mm -hmm. when we leave, then um, I'll give them like the time and place and where we're staying, I guess. You should yeah. probably prepare as well uh, if you mm -hmm. want to have like proper adventuring gear and potentially armor. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'll their step name... in and uh, roughly say, no, it's too dangerous for these people. No, you can't tell us it's too dangerous. This is what we were born to do. We can't allow these children to. I'm not a child, I'm 18. 
as you can see from my symbol here, I'm a cleric of Tempos, and Tempos tells me this is not the way for you. Hmm. Um, they look to the cleric of Malchus. Big eyes. I, I thought that we were trying to recruit followers for our for our mission. These people, these these teenagers will not serve much of a purpose for that. They look untrained. Did Did you hear his speech? It's not about the skills you have. It's about the passion in your heart for getting rid of the undead, man. Do they look useful, Neil? Totally. They're they're strapped. Yeah, they're, they're energetic youth who are passionate about the cause before them this is exactly the sort of people that you would recruit for your your overseas wars okay (laughs) um i will turn to the youth and i'll say all right right now you're all hopped up from that speech i gave so in a couple of days when we leave i will explain to you the danger if you want to come with us you can if you feel like you've changed your mind, no hard feelings. We'll get ready. We'll get tools. We'll get weapons. We'll get supplies. And they like look at each other really enthusiastically. Where are you staying? Great, great cleric of Malchus. We are at the, what's it called? Ranger Day. The inn. <laughs> yes. The Ranger Day. Excellent. <clears throat> All right. Well, well, thank you, guardian of humanity. We'll, we'll have your back. We promise. And they scurry off to go scrounge up whatever tools they can to to fight the undead. Great. I, I understand your your worry, Bertold, but you have to admit that their enthusiasm is enthralling. That speech was excellent. <laughs> I just hope that you will not falter in your quest when those three are dead. That would indeed break my heart. We'll we'll keep a. a an eye over them and keep them safe in this grand quest. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. nod. Well, the day comes, the day goes. Everyone sleeps and rests. Um, the innkeeper was amongst the people who heard the speech. He was, you know, out for the day doing shopping um, while someone else was tending bar. And so he pays for your room and board and your drinks for the night because, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the way that he can support these clerics is by taking care of them for a couple of days while they rest in town. That's his contribution to everything. Um, and come morning, you can tell the dwarven cleric, now very well rested, all the things that you've done, and um, he's in play. Right, nice work, work, everybody. Just to I get feel... this out of the way before I lose oh. my spell here, at, right before we go to sleep, I cast Sacred Guardian on uh, Sister Helen. Hmm. Secret guardian. Very nice. Oh yes, excellent. And um, you will be aware whenever she is in danger, regardless of the distance between you, as long as you're on the same plane. Perfect. It's really nice. Yes, I, um, I let her know there is no way that I will ever let danger befall you, Sister Helen, without being in the way. I take note of that and very much appreciate the support. Uh, I. St- Yes, I still cast Locate Object before going to bed, uh, just in case. Uh, I'm sorry, which spell I, was it? Locate Object. Mm, on the uh, stone? 
Yeah, just in you case want to cast my... locate object oh, on the no, stone. Oh no, on the box, Neil. Oh my god, I'm not and even the opening the box. Words matter, Jen. Words <laughs> you're, matter. You're right. You're right. I want to cast it on the box, the protective anti-magic repellent box. Great. You you study the box. You memorize the box. You're you cast right. locate it, magic, thinking about the. Gotcha. You're right, you're right. You're, you're very right. I, I went to... That's how the campaign ends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Morning it's, comes. Wait, real quick. Is anybody uh, injured at all? I think it's just you. And oh, I am actually Kerberos. injured, but I have my head spells, so I think I could have cast them ah. last night before I went to sleep. Excellent. You know, okay. for fun science, um, how big is this town? Like a cross, I guess. Um, like distance, yeah. I would say from makeshift wall to makeshift walls, about like a mile and a mile. All right. During the well, I know I'm pretty tired after after our forced walk, but I'm so curious on this that I decide to go to the. Uh, I I say goodbye to Sister Helen at the end. I need to go take a walk. I'm going to go to the furthest makeshift wall, and I'll cast uh -huh. detect magic. Ah. Ah, you cast detect magic and you you scan the area looking for signs of magic. And sure enough, as you gaze into the town, there is a light shining from deep within the town towards you. You can feel the pull of something well outside of the range of your spell that um, shines brightly in a sort of like a rainbow pattern of all the different schools of magic. Because I think Detect Magic tells you what type of magic it is, what flavor of magic. And this is sort of like a, a rainbow spectrum of this color and that color and this type and that type. Um, yeah, you can at least see it from a half mile away. Okay, and that's past all of these solid objects in the way. Yeah, there, there's buildings in the way, there's fireplaces, and there's a box that it's within, and bodies moving around, and trees, and maybe a cow. <laughs> okay, great. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, That's it. Cool. Thanks. Come morning. So we... I asked you if we're going to role play new spells or right. what do we need to do. Um, so any spells that you have already used, you can just replace um, uh, with the ones from your level appropriately. If there are any spells that you haven't cast that you like want to get rid of, we can just say that you cast them the night before you went to bed, unless they're like some sort of attack spell um, or some sort of spell where the casting of it might affect the people around you. And then we should probably know specifically how you went about it. Um, what spells are you thinking about? I want to grab miscast magic and mm. I want to get rid of random causality. Cool. So random causality, you could have just cast that on your weapon and then not attacked anyone and it would have been totally yeah. fine. So not a problem. Okay. Um, go ahead oh, and just no, we never got to up. see causality. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Unlucky, but we, our, our, our combat was too good. We turned mm -hmm. everybody away. Mm-hmm. Good rolls. Um, great. Kerberos, you've learned about this dwarven trader <clears throat> in town, this glass bringer uh. from Tharnum. Uh, I do believe they were going to tell you all about it. Is there anything in particular you would like to do about this? I will need my party members to remark to tell me, because Kerberos is tired, as is <laughs> as is me. So remind me. 
oh, we, we went to the temple and mm -hmm. saw uh, somebody that seemed to be related in the reconstruction of the temple. I think they brought some stained glass from uh, exactly where we're headed, Tarnham. It's a oh, lady dwarf good. with magnificent hair. However, I recommend you do not compliment it too much or else you will believe you're flirting, uh, except if that's your intent. But she's married, uh, so, so I like go into way too much but specifics no. about this. And <laughs> I stop myself and say, uh, yes, yeah, so she's headed uh, back to Thurnham and we could probably hitch a ride. Uh, she seemed like a good person. And uh, uh, maybe also we could get some information about how we could get to from Turnham to our next destination good, like good, maybe yes. it is not the right place to go you know we, we should make sure we're headed the right way and there's a next step after that why why did Neil call her a traitor trade like one who trades trader oh, a trader. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah no 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 good she job, seems I to be a trustable lady uh, I believe <laughs> you're the best one to talk I to shall, her I yeah. shall speak between with her. dwarves you will have this kinship certainly um I will find this person, Neil. Is she in the tavern or is she somewhere uh, yeah, I can you, locate her? You just have to ask around for the traveling glass selling dwarves. And sure enough, you'll find her. She is in the other tavern down the street um, known as the Forester. Feeling refreshed, Kerberos is, is glad to be back on his feet. He's got new spells in his mind. You know, he's bright eyed and bushy held. He'll walk mm -hmm. down the street, taking the city in because you really didn't see, you know, uh, he kind of was in a bit of a daze when he arrived here last time. Mm -hmm. He'll note the makeshift wall, realize that, remember that the guard said something about the undead coming back. It's probably what's going on here. Um, road's probably dangerous. And he will go into the tavern and look around, scope out this person. I assume she's probably easy to find, you know, female Certainly. Dwarf. Yep. Um, she's sitting at a table with three other dwarves. Um, she looks to be like the one in charge. She's got like the, the more decorative, wealthy display all over her. The other ones are... Um, uh, one male and one female with not less ostentatious uh, decorations on them. The man's got like a three-woven beard and the woman's got a, a three-woven... like You wouldn't call it a ponytail. That's not quite that's like too small what would you call like a bundle of hair that's like this thick in the back that just like falls down like a waterfall a bun uh, but like a you know it's like a waterfall of three braids together uh, and the man's got three braids and the one dwarven woman has got this like weird hair that comes out and then down that sort of flows behind her like a cloak but it's like you know columns that are knotted together in like a triangle shapes over and over again or diamond shapes mm. over and over again yeah she stands out like a sore thumb in this human town uh yeah well i go up to the bar and i will order myself a, a drink mm -hmm. and i will walk away from the bar sort of past their table and then mm -hmm. i'll stop and go ah well the dwarfs i don't expect to see my own kin here sure i'd love to take a seat with you they motion to the nearby seat. Thank you very much. Um, I sit down. I put my pints on the table. They either. So what are you all? Medallion around your neck. Ah yes, this. I'm a holy man. Take my uh, take the gods very seriously. Mm-hmm. I hope that you do too. Bit of a strange god for a dwarf, don't you think? I don't think for a dwarf. Not many clerics of Falumbra around. It's uh, a unique calling. They appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Say, uh, roads are dangerous. How'd you guys get here? 
Uh, I heard there's undead in the forest. Uh, that there are, says the, the lead female. We travel by wagon down the Dwarf Gate River from Thardom with a cadre of mercenaries, humans mostly. One half you, of- uh, you planning to go back to Thardom? I was hoping to head there myself. All roads lead to home. When, you, when were you planning on leaving? Day after. Gotta make Say, it back I know to it's the old a bit homestead. Imposition, and perhaps my friends and I could chip in for the help pay for the mercenaries, but could we accompany you? Who's your friends? Three of the clerics. Not oh. the wolves, unfortunately. Cleric of uh, the sun god? Them? Cleric of uh, time? That's the one. They can be a bit over-enthusiastic. Uh, you know what humans are like. They're always in a rush. Trying to get things done shortest period of time possible. But, if uh, I was going to die in a couple of days, I'd be pretty excited to get things done, too. Exactly. But they're, they're good people. At least, uh, you know, understandable people, reasonable people. We have good intentions here. We want to get to uh, Tharnam and hopefully to Mill Faldor after there. But What's this holy question on I hear about? Ah, uh, they told you about that, did they? No, but there was a ruckus in town earlier, and everyone's talking about the cleric who's bringing everyone on board with the holy quest. I figure you're part mm. of the same group. Yes, well, you know, now we shouldn't really be talking about this kind of thing, but I'm sure I can trust me fellow dwarves here. They, they lean in a little bit as your voice drops. Well, like I said, ain't just this forest that's full of the undead. They've been ravaging the lands of Aridon ever since the... Uh, the demons stand up. Mm-hmm. All right. That's why you live in a mountain or in the hills. So you can just shut the door and keep the undead out, obviously. That, that is. Uh, as a cleric of Falumbra, it's my goal to uh, make people be true to themselves, you know? Do what's mm-hmm. in their heart. Don't lie to the gods. Don't lie to themselves. Now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you'll all know, dwarves are true to themselves. So dwarf knows who he is and knows what he should be doing in life. These humans... They're so confused. So, alas, you're right. Like every good dwarf, I'd love to be under the ground in a mountain, safe from this undead scourge. But I have to find myself out here to lead the humans to their uh, destiny and make sure that they're true to lumber into themselves. Shake their head. Ah, that's it's a sad thing. See a, a city dwarf having to lay down their life for the likes of these these people. I've made me peace with it many years ago. Don't worry for me, friend. Mm. I spent many a time under the hills. Mm. Now I have a calling. But mm. anyway, I lower mm-hmm. my voice. I get closer. I say, uh, yeah, the undead, the 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 female cleric of Illumis, the sun god. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. thinks that there's maybe a way that uh, we could empower Illumis to destroy the undead to mm-hmm. make it so they can't wander freely in the sun. It's as much as I can say without giving away the details. You've got to understand that uh, a lot of interested uh, parties are on these parts. Now, I'm only 250 years old, so I don't know everything under the sun, mm. but I haven't heard a tale like that since the Age of Might. Hell, probably not since the Age of Heroes. Is that really a thing that can be done in these modern times? I shrug. I say, uh, to be honest with you, friends, I was enthralled by their uh, sense of spirit, their charisma, their 
desire to change the world. And me, myself, I've been apart from my goddess for too long. If this is a suicide mission, then I'm, it's one I'm happy to go on. Well, I'm honor bound to help any of my brethren fulfill their life quest. It's if it's if within my power. How can we help? Uh, like I said, just if we could travel with you to Tharnam, that'd be grand. That's if, it? Uh, That's a simple ask. Us, Need no more. If you could help us get on from Farnham to Milfaldor, I don't know what the state of the tunnels are these days. They look at each the other. Right direction. What do you mean, tunnels? I was Last time I was there, there was talk of building a tunnel system to connect Farnham to Milfaldor. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. That's not, but maybe you could uh, help me convince the guards there to let our human friends come with us. Appreciate there might need to be some shiny metals involved. Hmm. We'll talk when we get to Tharnam. We'll see what the uh, clerics there say. There's a new cleric in town, a disciple of um, Sayor. Ah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm. We're still waiting to hear back from our our great cleric. He went off to Heatstroke not too long ago and. Hasn't been heard from since. He'd crafted us some magnificent weapons. Lower circles a little bit quieter. He found some mithril mine, some mithril veins. Well, well, well. Such a fine as that comes across only once a decade. Well, he went off to Heatstroke and he hasn't been seen since, so. Hmm. Heard that many of our uh, order. Followed a similar path. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're you're headed to? That's where all the clerics seem to go. There was a call mm-hmm. in maybe a couple of years back. All the big clerics picked up and left all of a sudden. Most yeah. of them didn't return. I was too junior when it came, but uh, now I've graduated in my abilities. It's definitely somewhere I'd like to visit before this is all over. But say, um. Thank you for letting us travel with you. At least I could do is buy you all around. Yep. Sure. They'll sit back, accept yeah. your round. Um, they will happily give you and your companions passage to Tharnam. Anything from there will have to be negotiated with the authorities, um, mm-hmm. but that should be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we do. I, I, I go to the bar to get a drink to try and like move them off the topic of the details of the mm-hmm. expedition. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully that works. I try and just make small talk generally with them, but I'll tell, I'll say as much as I did, which is we're looking to destroy the undead by empowering the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting theory. They they kind of kick it around like it seems a little <clears> far fetched, <throat> but you know they, they don't know anything about magic themselves. So they recognize yeah. the possibility that there's something else going on here. Um, the since you're in town for a couple of days, I'd like everybody to roll me an additional charisma check. Let's just see if anyone comes up with anything. Oh, oh dwarfy dwarf. That's it. All right. The so, charming dwarf. Uh, Cornelius, your bard doesn't come back. He seems satisfied. You don't hear from him again. That that all worked out for you. Uh, Kerberos, it happens to be while you're at this bar, everyone else is at the ranger day. You're at the forester. Um, mm. While you're here, Word comes down through the tavern that there is a wizard in town. 
um, that has recently arrived. And that's pretty much all you hear is you just overhear someone being like, oh, you hear there's new wizard in town? Yeah, came up from the south, some blah, 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 blah. Um, that's about all you catch uh, from like a passing conversation. I think hearing that, I'll like neck the rest of my drink and head out into the streets and look for the nearest uh, guard. Yep. Um, you can find a, yeah, a, a guardsman chilling. Hello there, friend. Could I have a word with you? It's something important. Yeah. Well, I've just heard rumor that there's a wizard entered in town, and uh, my friends and I, when we last left High Castle, were being pursued by a rogue wizard and her band of mercenaries. I was just wondering if I wish to avoid being seen myself. Of course, you appreciate one doesn't want a wizard knowing where they are when they're on the run from said wizard. Could you perhaps inquire at the gates as to what this wizard looked like? The one that pursued us uh, had luscious blonde hair and worked with mercenaries with blue cloaks. Well, I'm uh, supposed and all to be the guards would the jail, be. so... Uh... Yes, of course. Perhaps I mean... there's uh, something I could do to... Maybe I could watch the jail for you here while you uh, while you go and ask that question. I could <laughs> make sure that um, you're rewarded for the time lost here, of course, because I assume you wouldn't get paid if you're not guarding the jail, so I can fill in. No, this guy's brilliant. Well, actually, he's average intelligence, but he's got, you know, the greatest idea. How do I know you're not trying to get someone out of jail? I look, who's in the jail? I don't even know who's in there. Well, of course you would say that. The- Yes, you're right. I tell you what, sir. Uh, obviously, I've underestimated the importance of your role here. I wouldn't wish to press you any further. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will leave this man alone and <laughs> risk going to the risk going to the gate myself to go and ask the guards there. Yes, I I, I, I try and be a little bit sneaky, you know. Like if I'm coming out, at, I'm like walking through the alleyways in between the buildings. I'm coming out onto the main thoroughfare. I will stop and just look left and right and try and make sure I don't see like the people running from us in the Give streets. Give me a or... perception check. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, it's a casual glance. We're not talking. I'm mm-hmm. not a thief. You know, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. do a casual glance for yeah. blue no, yeah, you don't see anyone. luscious wizards. Uh, All right. Sure enough, when you talk to the guards at the gate, they will tell you that a wizard came in. Um, she's a woman with long golden hair and she came with uh, one person with a blue tabard on a horse and six horses with no riders okay thank you uh, I rush away taking a you know, side alley route back to the ranger day mm-hmm. um, last thing before you would go is that she came in like this but she and her the person she came in with were wounded. They said that they'd been attacked by undead on the road. Yeah. Don't you know, don't suppose you happen to know where they're staying? Uh, no, the guard did not know. Okay. I uh, I walk back via the other tavern. I figure mm-hmm. that they're in one of the two taverns. So mm-hmm. I like try the one I was just in. Like, do I see them in there? If not, I go back to the ranger day. You don't see them in the forester. You don't see them in the ranger day. I get back to the range today and I will inform my party that Minnie and her uh, main goo is here. They're wounded, attacked by undead on the road. They found us! The horror! They're uh, in I a get, weak I, state, though. 
Hmm. Well, actually, uh, it might be a good moment to make them understand not to mess with us ever again. I could locate object to find her ring and we could scour the town. Good idea. If you have the spell ready, I think this is uh, I do. something we should deal with now. Mm-hmm. I do believe we should do that. Okay, um, we're already at the ending point for our session today, but I think we can squeeze this last little bit in if everyone's willing to go an extra five minutes. Mm -hmm. All right. Sure. All right, we can do it. Um, you can cast Locate Object, and sure enough, you can find Mini. Um, the Locate Object spell will lead you in the direction of one of the noble estates on the north side of town near the Harken Wood. Um, it's still within the, the makeshift barrier. There is a stone wall that goes around the estate with a little, gold, uh, a little wrought iron gate on the front. It's like a small wall and a small gate. You could hop over it without any problem. Only the dwarf would be stopped by it. Um, and there's a you know little garden inside, and you can see that there is a, a human who's tending to the the garden with a watering can. What should we do? What do you think inside. we should do? Perhaps the four of us should approach the house and ask to speak to the person that's just arrived. Yes, I believe we should just be very forward. She's what are we wounded. Gonna say, though? I agree. Hmm. We'll just have to try to convince her not to follow us. Well, Bertolt, I think you're the best man for this job. Yes, your sense of logic should probably appeal to her. <laughs> we'll back you up. Uh huh. Where it will be the the brown behind the brains. Very well. We will follow Bertolt in his attempt to. Sure. Um, the gardener doesn't seem to make notice as you enter the premise. You go up to the door, give a nice solid wrap on it, um, and uh, a noble gentleman, uh, a young man, will open the door for mm -hmm. you. He's got like a, a three-piece suit on with a little cravat, um, and he takes a look at the lot of you and turns over his shoulder and shouts, mm, Father, there's guests here. Uh, excuse me, honored guests. I must be on my way. And kind of pushes past you quickly, leaving the door open, followed by, uh, please, please make yourself, make yourself at home, um, uh, honored guests, and you know, hurries out, leaving you standing awkwardly in the doorway um, to an open, with an open invitation into someone else's home. You said make yourselves at home. I walk past. Yeah, you're clear. There we go, in. Let's go. Absolutely. You're, you're four clerics. Everyone trusts you at face value. Yeah. Um, you walk in, start to look around, and sure enough, there is uh, a man who's coming down a staircase. Similar, looks very similar to the, the young man you just saw. Three-piece suit, silk cravat. Um, and he gives you a deep bow on the staircase and asks, how may I help you today, of dear clerics? Yes, is this a place to stay? Is this a residence? I'm, I'm afraid I don't quite know where we are. He looks past you. Is the Cleric of Tempos okay? <laughs> this oh, is my he's... home. This is uh, 345 Forest Avenue in the town of Confluence in the former kingdom of Eridon, the continent of Arcadia. Wonderful. I, I apologize. Uh, let me ask instead. We're looking for Minnie. Oh! 
Oh, yes, of course, she's here. Why didn't you say so? My a thousand apologies, uh, brother, father. Um, she's upstairs. Come with me. And he will trot up the staircase. Um, Is um, she related to you? I ask as I follow. No, no, just old friends. Okay. Uh, we we used ah. to we trained together actually. We both used to study under the tutelage of Ark Aldrich out of um, <clears throat> out of a, a distant town called Shirebrook. I was never very good at magic, but Minnie and I have kept in touch over the years. Uh, Minnie, Minnie, you have guests here. Um, and as you get to the top of the staircase and enter into a nice parlor, there's Minnie sitting down. She's got like a teacup in hand, a little saucer <laughs> underneath. Like her nice clothes are like ripped and torn and there's blood on them. Her guard is like on the other side of the room. His armor's off and he's like stitching them. And you can see that someone has like recently stitched his back and there's some bandages across him. And he like looks over his shoulder as you walk into the room and Minnie's like her spell components are over there. Her bag's over there and she's got her teacup and... <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> and then I stop talking and I just look to Bertolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here, Minnie. I say. Uh, Father Cor. Um, no, no, that, that's Father Cornelius. Father Bertolt. Um, it's a pleasure to see you. Uh, you, you missed our appointment. Uh, yes, I had assumed that you would... I had assumed that you would assume that not being here would mean that we do not wish to deal with you. That's what I thought. What are you doing here? <laughs> oh, what a coincidence? Yes. <laughs> oh. Um... Have a seat. Th this is my friend and the person who's putting us up. This is um, <clears throat> uh, Lord Roy. R Lord Roy. Um, this is Father Berthold. This is Father Cornelius. This is <clears throat> Father Kerberis. And this is <clears throat> Mother Helen. Ah, well, I... I'm afraid I was mistaken then. I thought that you had followed us to Confluence, but apparently you have other business here. I think this is just a confluence of meetings. I don't... Right, that's it. I draw my axe. No, not really. <laughs> um... Hmm. Well, it seems that We've got our wires crossed, Minnie. If you mean us no ill will, then we shall be leaving. Lord Roy looks around. I'm sorry. I seem to be intruding upon something. If there is any ill will, I would ask you to step outside immediately. I cannot afford to refurnish the house again. Not at our end, Lord Roy. We'll be going. I sort of look to the rest of the group and I say, we're just going to take her word for it. I mean, there is a way to have a clearer source of <laughs> We're truth. just going to take her word for it. You know, we already oh don't trust God. her. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I sort of call a party back and I'm, I've secured passage for us to Tharnum. We'll be well protected. I don't think uh, Minnie and her guard here barely clinging onto life will be a problem. We'll be leaving tomorrow. All right, I'll be very straight with her then. Minnie, 
If you're not following us, good, great. Just be on your way, do your life. We mean, we mean you no harm. We do not want to have conflict with you. She However, <laughs> if you are following us, we have ways to also know you are following us. And please do not stop us on our holy quest. You will benefit from the land being rid of the undead. We, you will have a much better life if this happens. We do not wish you any harm, but we will not let you stop us from our quest and we will not lend you whatever I, you want. I do not mean to stop you on your holy quest. Just happen to be coming to town anyway. It's fine. My identify spell didn't work. I was hoping my old friend Lord Roy here might know someone else. There's not a lot of wizards around these days. So maybe hoping he followed up with his studies and could also cast identify. Maybe the two of us could together work out the wand. She points across the room to the bag. Um, The guard that had stopped stitching up the leather is still like cautiously looking over his shoulder at the lot of you. Um, But if you wish to show me a sign of goodwill, um, perhaps you could heal up my wounds. Cleric. Yes, of course. I'll step forward. Why a coincidence? I had just a couple of days rest might do her some good. (laughs) We, Mm. if we heal her up, she will be able. Should she have ill intent? I'm saying just just to the party. Just to the party. Just to the party. Okay. Um, With this eyes. She, she'll be able I, to follow us instantly. I heed, I heed Cornelius's words, but I've already taken the action, so I will. I listen to him, and I, I, I and then I say to others, "Well, I only have one weakish spell ready, anyway." Oh, and then well. I'll cast Cure Light Wounds on Mini, but nothing else. I do have other spells, but okay, I'm not going to heal the guard. I'm not going to full heal. Sure, it, it sounds like the cleric of Tempos has a a plan. Yes, uh, I I watch the healing and I see its effect. Right. Um, she was at one out of nineteen HP, so you bring Ooh. her to six out of nineteen. Yeah. I'm curious what spell level that was. Level one. That was level one. Okay, I I look at this and I say, well, while we were in town, I wanted to make sure I had this available to anybody who may have needed it. Uh, since there was undead right away, I shall bring upon my mighty third level magics to heal you. Why, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I, I like Sister Helen on... didn't expect that. She's looking at Cornelius like. <laughs> I, I lay like, my hand on what? her and say, I appreciate the advice you had given us earlier. Um, so, Tempos shall bless you with accelerated healing. I cast Ooh. Accelerate Healing, a third level spell. Excellent. That will um, double the normal healing rate. So if she is just casually resting, it's 2 HP a day. If she's resting with full bed rest and you know a, a, a medic nearby who can heal her, which she certainly has the money to do, that's 6 HP per day. Um, and Excellent. so... I, I believe you shall be ready in no time at all, then. Back to full health. All right. She is down. She's six out of 19, so she's 13 shy. So if she gets full bed rest, she'll be fully ready in two days. Um, Her bodyguard is also injured, but that's fine. 
And that will conclude us for today for The Light of Loomis. We will be back next week with the third chapter as our party hopefully gets from Confluence um, to Tharnum and well beyond because we only have two more sessions to go. All right. And uh, next time we'll hear more about the ritual as our party figures out the specific mechanics. We know sort of some of the spells. We know some of the components. There might be some specific words. There might be some other tools that might be needed. Maybe some gestures to go along with it. Um, Hopefully we can get some of the the somatic components sorted out next session. Um, Player characters, anyone have anything to say before we head out for the night? Good game. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Thank right. you so much. I'm still terrified. It's wonderful. <laughs> I'm having fun. Bye.